Tonight on the podcast, we're talking about The Rock being on rock or on the rocks with DC. DC, tired of The Rock's always shooting his mouth off and pumping his own brand. We got some Marvel news, some Daredevil news, and oh, so, so much more on this episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast. Let's go. <laughs> It is Friday night in Phoenix, and you're locked in to the best damn podcast in all the land, the Abzugi Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm JP. And uh, Lance has been holding up the show as he's having some sort of audio issues where he can't seem to find anything. Um, I guess that's what happens when you uh, have a room that's a gigantic mess like his is. What up to the chat? What's up, Joe's Doolin? What's up, Hartman? What is up, Lopez? Darth Lopez. What's good, JP? How are you this week? How's everything going? I'm good. No, no complaints. Everything's going good out in in uh, Pennsylvania land. Yeah, yeah. No snow. It's cold, but no snow. How about you guys? You guys didn't get hit by any of the snow that uh, slammed into Buffalo a few weeks ago. We got a little bit, maybe about I don't know six inches or so. But uh, yeah, Buffalo That's got seven said. feet. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Buffalo got seven feet, but if you were about, I don't know, 10 miles south of Buffalo, you got nothing. So it was all the band that went along the, the uh, Lake Erie. So it's crazy. So it's that time of year, though. Yes, it is. So I hear you're going to a what, – what con are you going to this weekend? What con's out there? I'm going to the Steel City Con. That's in Monroeville, east of Pittsburgh. So – it's uh, got a lot of celebrities at that show. Um, none of them I'm going to see. I'm not a big person, big fan of getting things uh, uh, signed or autographed or paying to meet, you know, celebrities. But they got a pretty good list of of the celebrities going to be there. It's it's pretty cool. Those people are going to be in my <clears throat> former hometown. I can bring up the list of people that are going to be there. And yeah, let's. Uh... Who's gonna be there this year? They do three cons a year, I think, three or four. So I do a spring, a summer, and then a winter one. And uh, yeah, they got uh, Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, which is awesome, from uh, Christmas Vacation. They were there last year at this time. I think they even have the station wagon that's gonna be there, the green station wagon. Gaten Matanzaro from Stranger Things, Elijah Wood. Oh, they got all the. Lord of the Rings, Hobbits, huh? Yeah. So they're going to have, they had panels. So they had a Lord of the Rings panel. They are going to have a, um, is it Aliens? Aliens panel. Because you got, and then they have a Karate Kid panel too. Nice. They got William Zabka and what's his name from, uh, what's the older guy's name? Martin Cove. Yeah, Peyton List was supposed to be there, but she canceled. And then you got the two other guys at the bottom, the redhead with the dragon. Or the, what was yeah, his name? The, guy, Jay, the guy who plays Hawk. Yeah, Hawk. And then the... Miguel. Uh, yeah, Miguel, who's also going to be the Blue Beetle. That's cool. Oh, he is? Mm-hmm. That's right. I didn't... 
Okay, I've heard about John Moxley. Yeah, Paul Abdul, John John Heater. Uh, they got Michael Bean and and uh, Michael Rosenbaum. But yeah, they had the Paul Abdul. There you go, John Heater. Go get your uh, Napoleon Dynamite stuff signed. <laughs> Feature artist John Russo. Yeah, Paintless canceled. Tom Welling canceled. Ooh, John Carlo Esposito canceled. No, 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 no. Uh, let's see. The celebrities, what comic book artists are going to be there? Do they not have comic book artists there? No, just those guys. List. They don't have big artists. They wow. have other ones. If you look at like the vendor list, if they even show that, they might have some vendors there, but they would announce them if they're going to be. Well, I'm surprised that they don't even have a, a like really any big name artists there. I don't think I don't know if they've had a big name artist there before, but they've they've been doing. I've been going these for I don't know ten years at this particular spot. I can call they yourself have, a pop culture con without comic book artists and all that stuff. They they will be there, but they'll have tables, but they're not going to list them. They're not going to be ones that. It's not gonna be like Todd McFarlane or those guys, if that's what you mean. It's gonna be, you know, I don't hate to say it, but more smaller, smaller artists. Well, yeah, like your local artists. Yeah, they're selling pieces there. You know, the coolest part about the show, and I'm sure this is like that way for every show, but they got a lot of cosplay people that Mm -hmm. really look like look real. (laughs) I remember the first time I went there almost ten or eleven years ago. Someone dressed up. I can see him on the left there, the Star Killer Garrison. They, I thought I was like, is this the real stormtroopers? Like they look that real, like the costumes and everything. There was a guy dressed up like Chewbacca, and I took a picture of my my wife and four kids with Chewbacca, and I posted on Facebook some years back. And one of her friends said, "Is that John in the or uh, in the costume?" <laughs> she thought it was in a in a Chewbacca costume. I was like, "No, I'm taking a picture." <laughs> yeah, Joe's Doolin says, "Crap for artists at Steel City." It's a large con, but heavy on celebrity, very light on comics, artists, and writers. I grew up 15 minutes from there. Nice. Oh, yeah. Joseph said, yep, bring your Blue Beetle. Bring your Blue Beetle books to get signed. And Joe, where are you 15 minutes? You south or west or east? Because that's, you're right. That's where they did did film Dawn of the Dead at the Moroseville Mall. I said New Kingston. Kensington, okay, yep, Kensington, yep, he's east like me, yep. Is he going to the show? He said he grew up there. I don't know if uh, yeah. if he's still there. Still, my Jedi says Brian Holleran is at my buddy's home at my homie's bar tonight. He's going to be in town tomorrow on my LCS. Pumped, had to share. Nice, dude. <clears throat> That's what's up. Do you already have his signature, Matt? Uh, yeah, yes. On almost <laughs> are you missing anybody me. uh the only one i'm missing is uh caitlin because she passed away oh yeah so, i mean of the main cast of course i'd love to get walt flanagan's signature on st- on stuff since he was like everybody in clerks be cool to have his signature on stuff but speaking we'll of uh, clerks i uh these all just came in the mail today Nice. 
all these were like six bucks at Best Buy. Nice. Look at this guy. Yeah. And I've got mall rats coming in. I own them all on DVD. I just don't have them on Blu-ray. Uh-oh, we lost Matt. Uh-oh. We we haven't trained for this. <laughs> I just didn't want story and just left, I guess. Did you hear did you hear what I said? No, I didn't. I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, we lost Matt. We haven't trained for this. <laughs> <laughs> no. I accidentally uh clicked the side button on my mouse and it closed out of everything. um but yeah i i own them all on dvd i just didn't have them on blu-ray so i figured i'd clerks three came in and i'm like you know what i might as well just start getting them all the one i can't find is uh uh, what's the one with uh no 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 what's the one with um uh live tyler and ben affleck jersey girl jersey girl i can't find that one anywhere I have it on DVD. What's more, J Lo? <laughs> That's Jersey Girl. Jiglio, or what's it called? Is J Lo oh. in Jersey Girl? Yeah, she is. She is the mother who dies at the beginning of the movie. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Monroeville this is actually one, where uh, Monroeville is actually um, where they filmed uh, Zach and Mary make a porno. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they filmed the Dairy Queen. That's that the other one I bought. As a kid. Yep. Because they, and Mary as well. they called the uh, the Monroeville Rovers, and it's really the, the Gateway Gators was the name of my high school. So it's the Monroeville Rovers is how they named it there. But they filmed it in the in the Dairy Queen that I used to go to. It's pretty cool. <laughs> they they defiled that place. <laughs> good movie though. Listen up, Monroever. Yeah, that's a good the movie. It's one of my favorites. It was cool to see it. I remember it was being filmed. I worked just down the road from there. They filmed that, and then they were filming Dark Knight just down in Pittsburgh between, you know, between the I think within a year or so of each other. So a lot of action going on down there. Yoga hoser sucks stumbling. <laughs> That's the other one I can't buy, find. I bought Tusk, and I can't find Yoga Hosers. I have Tusk on Blu-ray. What's uh yeah that was on sale for like twelve bucks. They all of his movies were on sale this this last weekend, so I just went fucking crazy. Just crazy, off. huh? Now will DVDs be worth something if they are still sealed? Or do you open? Uh, them? probably. It's rare, but it depends on how. Like, Dogma on DVD is worth nothing dogma on blu-ray is worth a lot so it just really depends on dogma in general is worth a lot now because you can't they can't reproduce it well i have it on dvd i i think you can get it for like 20 bucks um all i know is they can't redistribute it because um harvey weinstein owns the rights to it and and kevin told a story about it when i went to the road show about how he wrote a letter to weinstein asking for it back and offered him like a, a nice chunk of change for it and harvey said no he's not gonna he's not gonna do it he's gonna keep that movie so he can't uh, yeah dogma on amazon's only 10 bucks dvd so it's VH, probably vhs is 60 dollars. the blu-ray is 165 dollars. like if you go on ebay 21 24 like if you're gonna get a blu-ray of it it's gonna be either bootlegged or or from like overseas it's not going to be like 41 dollars for for the region 
unlocked Blu-ray of Dogma. Well, um, well, some of those VHSs were selling for big bucks. If it was like Back to the Future, I saw one for seventy-five thousand. Yeah, the VHS game is it's it's an up and coming market that I haven't really dove into yet. I know there's a lot of people that are into the collecting of VHS. There's some Disney movies. There's some Disney, Disney movies that are worth movies quite are a bit. Like that are on VHS. If they're still sealed, they're worth a good amount of money. Yeah, I mean, when I go to antique stores or Goodwill and I see a sealed VHS, I'm, I'm going to grab it if it's something decent. But I get a ton of Disney movies. They're not sealed. Some of them might be. But I've tried to sell them, and I don't. there's not a whole lot of takers. So they, it's like key collector might say something's worth something. You know, it's worth this it's amount. It's very niche. Yeah, if you go on it's eBay, right. it's there might be 10 of them, uh-huh. and you're not going to get your money for it. Or, or at least... Well, the fact of the matter is, like, I, I've recently got really into vinyls, and a few of the of the record shops I've I've gone into, uh, like, cassettes have become a big thing. And cassettes and VHS are probably two of the worst ways that you can consume media, in my opinion. Like, cassettes and VHS, anything running off that tape is awful. Yeah. So I don't know who in their right mind would be like, hey, I, I want to get this VHS and watch it. On. No, no. There's nothing There's nothing pure about watching it on a VHS. Now, if you had the film reel and you're watching on like a projector, like the the original film, film reel, that makes sense to me. But a VHS or cassette is the worst way to consume media. You know what yeah. your collection's missing, Lance? Hmm. You need to get the Clerks the Animated Series. Yeah, yeah. Um, is is that pretty accessible? Yeah, I have it. Uh, I have it digital. It's on my Plex. You've seen it on my Plex, right? Mm-hmm. It's pretty easy. To I have get. it. Yeah, I have it on my Plex. It animated. Yeah, it was only, yeah, six, only like episodes. six episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. AB, it was on ABC, money, and ABC canceled it after like the sixth episode because they didn't. You know understand. what I? I think that show now, like if Netflix went to Kevin Smith and be like, hey, we want you to do a Clerks animated TV show, I think it would do a lot better now. He's he's tried. He's then. tried to push it on Hulu. He's tried to push it on Netflix, and everybody's passed on it. Uh, it's not really shame. a show that it shouldn't be on network TV. It should be on streaming so that you can. A Jay and Silent Bob animated series, I think, would do really well. But then old. again, I'm a big fan. Matt's a big fan. JP, I don't know how big of a fan you are, but. So in our minds, we're like, that would be the greatest thing ever. I don't know how big, I mean, his movies aren't breaking like records, you know, no, Clerks he's, 3. He's very much like got his core audience and that's kind of where he sits. He doesn't like go above mm-hmm. that core audience. Well, and the one time he tried to make a big budget thing was Cop Out, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that did not do well. The last one I saw that he made was Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. That was probably the last movie I've seen that he made. You haven't seen Clerks well, Three yet? No. You've seen uh did did you actually watch Zack and Mary make a porno? Oh yeah. Kevin Smith made that. Yeah. And he yep. made that at, so you saw that he made that after Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. So Okay. Yeah, then Oh for a second maybe by I the time we I found talking about reboot for a second. No, maybe by the time I found one of them. Because I didn't see Zach and Mary when it came out. I think I doubt we we ran into it later on when I found that it was being filmed there and all that stuff. So Zach and Mary's so funny. Clerks three might be 
besides Dogma, Clerks 3 might be my favorite movie he's ever made. I like Dogma a lot. That was good. I wish I could. Dogma's great. Dogma, if I'm not mistaken, Matt, was his biggest uh, like box office success, wasn't it? Uh, I think it's actually Chasing Amy. Is it Chasing Amy? Chasing Amy, uh, I think it's his biggest movie and most well-received movie. Dogma was pretty well-received, though. Dogma was surrounded in controversy. He did a lot of... He was at a lot of uh, rallies and opposite sides of the Westboro Baptist Church. Yeah, because of Alanis Morissette. Well, just the whole movie in general, just the themes it dealt with, and yeah, the whole like there's a whole big story he tells about going to a a protest. He went to an anti. He went to protest the protesters at one. Of, I think it's um, the Venice, not Venice, but. One of the film festivals, big can or something like that, big film festivals that he got a bunch of people to make signs and he went and protested the protesters at a showing of dogma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He actually did a podcast on one of his podcast episodes. He actually sits down with like the head dude of the Westboro Baptist Church's daughter and they actually have like a really like interesting conversation. Like she used to like be like it, it kind of like she was, you know, crazy hardcore in that realm. And then she's kind of come down to earth a little bit on it. And they had a very, very interesting conversation. So Westboro is a bunch of, oh my gosh, dude. You don't really hear about them anymore. So no, no. But they were like picketing military funerals and like just <laughs> awful shit, dude. Sounds familiar, but I must have missed that. Yeah. The other one, Chris Pratt. I don't, I don't hear it. <laughs> Chris Pratt got a lot of grief because he was um he was part of uh another church that was shrouded in controversy because of their um stance on on uh, homosexuality and stuff. It was uh Hillsong, Hillsong Church. That's why Chris Pratt gets a lot of hate because he was part of Hillsong for a long time. <laughs> And they were, you said they were against. Yeah, they were pretty vocally against it. Everyone makes their mistakes when they were young, right? Still hate them for it. Yeah. I mean, like yourself, you said Green Day was the best band of the 90s. That's not what I said at all. That is not what <laughs> I said. The most influ- you said it was, the, what, say it again, it was the most influential band. No, you, you what you said was, you don't understand what they're significant. You don't think they made any cultural I don't impact. Think they... And I argued with you. Yes, they did. That's all I said. I, you said they're the greatest <laughs> band ever. I did not. I thought that Nirvana that. was a better significant band of the '90s of any change than. And we Green didn't. Day. We didn't argue that point. But what you but said you... is that Green Day made no cultural impact, and I said you are fucking crazy. I don't. I still think. <laughs> I don't think they did. I still, I still stick with that. I still think Nirvana was more cultural. Yeah, you are, but that's not my argument. I agree I, with you, but what Nirvana, I don't agree with is you saying Green Day has no cultural impact. Matt, help me out here. I'm staying out of this one. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have any cultural significance. And call in me foo foo because this one's between you two. I'm good. <laughs> Check out Let's what I made today. You like nice. nice. 
That's going to be our new profile picture for Facebook. Is it? Is that that Samurai San, uh, Santa from Jim Lee? Did he draw that? Uh, no, I <laughs> yep, that was it on sure my did. iPad. Yeah, well, that's pretty sweet. But, yeah. Well, Artman says, LOL, Green Day does have impact more than yeah. offspring. JP <laughs> is the only person I know that would say Green Day has no cultural impact, unless you're 60. <laughs> I just remember whenever it was it was glam rock and one hit wonders and all of a sudden Nirvana came out and and it changed and I'm saying and where I live that's where it changed and you're saying that Green Day was just significant I don't, I think they were I, I mean Pearl Jam was significant too right so Green Day in their own not way, like Nirvana Green Day changed in my opinion Nirvana changed the whole dynamic that's why. We have Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam can't even hold a candle to the significance of Green Day. I'm not, I'm saying, but they were still significant. But I don't think they were as significant as Nirvana in regard to Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, the rest of the grunge stuff, grunge sound. I'm just saying that that was it. Was it? It, it was like you flipped the switch and went from one style of music to a new style just at overnight. And Green Day was part of it, but they weren't the catalyst, in my opinion, or from what I recall. That <laughs> no, changed no. That. Joe's Dolan says Green Day was for kids who didn't listen to real punk. Like sex. Joe's Dolan. I listen no to effects. I listen to Green Day, but I also listen to No Effects, Black Flag, Dead Kennedys, Dead Milkman, uh, Fugazi. But it's uh, like saying that Nickelback is a good rock band better than Nirvana. They're not. They might have significance no. in Canada, but they don't have significance here. Nickelback. They were a good band, but Green Day is too, but they're like a tuned down version of good punk music, in my opinion. Green Day brought punk into the mainstream. No one else really had ever, like not even Ramones was as mainstream as what Green Day became. I mean, they used Green Day songs in fucking commercials back then. True. But then you is know? it really punk if it's green? You know no, what I mean? like, it's pop punk. And, and, then, and then the punk in pop punk is very loosely, is uh, loosely. Um, <laughs> Hanson. What? <laughs> The the whole thing with with punk is the anti-establishment part, right? right? And then you completely negate that by saying pop because the word pop stands for popular, right? Correct. It's that's what pop stands for. So when you say popular anti-establishment, you're just that's an oxymoron, right? Right. So the punk the punk term is just is is just uh it doesn't adequately Describe them now. If you listen to Ten Thirty Nine Smooth or Kaplunk, that is much more punk than Dookie or anything else. Well, like look at Metallica; they're the Black Album, and every album since then became more commercialized. And and Hartman, Hartman, your three three to four chords comment same as grunge. Grunge is not difficult to play. Go play "Smells Like Teen Spirit." probably the easiest song that you can learn i think but it's the hardest song that. to do the lyrics though because i have no idea what he's no. saying still to this day <laughs> oh yeah as far as what he's saying <laughs> but grunge is the same so that's 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 a moot point. and every hard rock song is just some riff off of boston for the most part <laughs> so some 41's legit sticks i love some 41 you would some 41 that is I've been to a lot of concerts. Sum 41 is the best live band I've ever seen in my life. Ever. You would. I'd have to say Garth Brooks is the best live band. 
Garth Brooks is awesome because he fucking tells you like life stories the whole time. And he runs oh. around that stage. He's a big dude, and he runs around that stage like yeah, like a marathon guy. Yeah, Elton John. Yeah, dude, I'm bummed. I'm bummed that I didn't get to go to that. I saw you guys went to that. You and Aaron. Yeah, you didn't miss anything. Elton John. I thought you were all a stat. Like you were saying, it was fucking awesome. I never said it was fucking awesome. I thought it oh, was. Aaron did. It was fun, but like the audio there, it was at the um. It was at Chase Field. The audio sucked. And we were right in front of the speaker. The audio sucked. Like, it, I don't know. It was, he didn't really I play. Hate. He played his hits, but he doesn't do anything. He just kind of stands up and points around and then goes to playing his next song. And, like, the the biggest thing he does, I mean, I understand he's 70-some years old, but, like, the biggest thing he does is change his jacket. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Wardrobe <Sweet>. change. <laughs> yeah. Bedazzle. They bedazzle him in the backstage uh, while they're getting he's out there. I absolutely fucking hate anytime I've seen a stadium concert. It's not what they're made for. Anytime I've seen a concert at a football stadium, at a baseball stadium, at a basketball stadium, it is the absolute fucking worst. Like there's a reason venues are built the way they are. Like you go to Dodge, the, it's not called Dodge Theater anymore, but you know which one I'm talking about, right, Matt? in downtown phoenix like it's made like a fucking like a concert hall right it's huge and it seats a shit ton of people but fucking stadium concerts suck ass is it better if they're in a dome or any better uh no no if you've been to like like that's why a lot of the best shows i've been to are like old opera halls that they've converted into music venues because the way the we have a, a venue here called the Van Buren, which could be a cool venue, but the whole roof is metal. So it sounds all tinny and stuff. Mm. And it, it's awful. Like I went and saw fucking um, Falling in Reverse there. And normally an amazing band live. And because of that building, they just, you couldn't understand what was going on. But we have another one called the Crescent Ballroom, and I fucking love that place. Yeah, there's a few downtown Pittsburgh like that that are built for stage AE, whatnot, mm -hmm. for outdoor bands. But come this time of year, no more bands play unless they're in the Civic Arena or uh, in the Igloo. What's it called? Uh, PPG Paints. Mm. So one of my dreams is to go see a show at the Red Rocks in Colorado. Which part of the Red Rocks? So Bill Burr just did a comedy special at the Red Rocks, and it's basically an amphitheater that's built into the mountain, and it's mm. Red Rocks. It kind of looks like Sedona, and uh, it's all outdoors. It's in the fucking canyon. Uh, it it just looks incredible. There you go, nice. The Metropole. They played eighties music there all the time. The Metropole, but that would be cool uh, to, at scenic. We we have a stage AE is off the river. That's not as cool as in a rock in a mountain. <laughs> That's that would be sweet, dude. It, it's it looks legit, man. Like it, I want to see a show there badly. How far is it for you guys to get Colorado? It's in Den Denver, I think. Uh, it's about twelve hours, I think. Oh, uh, we drove. Uh, Max and I drove there to see Bayside and Thrice, uh, back in, around Father's Day. And uh, that was fucking awesome. That that venue was cool too. But 
Colorado just has a cool vibe, man. Like Denver, downtown Denver just has a cool vibe. You know what else has a cool vibe? Huh? I'll tell you what else has a cool vibe. Geek Geek News. News. Yes, Geek News. Great Geek News. Fuck yeah, it's Geek News. It is, and we buckle your seatbelts because we got a whole bunch of DC news. As DC is reportedly unhappy with Dwayne. I love that picture. Johnson. (laughs) I had the same fanny pack. (laughs) Hyping Henry Cavill's Superman return. In the run-up to the premiere of The Black Adam, and for some time after its release, star Dwayne Johnson consistently teased the return of Henry Cavill as a DCU universe's Superman. There are some who may be disappointed with that. According to the Hollywood Reporter, citing multiple sources, the new management at the recently rebranded DC Studios is not happy with Johnson's focus on Superman's return or the actor's habit of hyping up his own involvement in the shape of the franchise going forward. Something tells me because they're not going to go forward with him. Too bad. That was a great movie. Which also leads into Are you being Dwayne serious? Johnson. It was a good movie, but I mean, it's it like we talked about before. There's really no direction now, so they have these movies that are slated to come out that will have no significance on the future of what they're building now. So scrap it all and start over. But they, I think sunk James so much Gunn money. is uh, is going to fix a lot of that. I think we're going to be getting a lot of because they've been canceling it. Like apparently, Black Adam two was green lit before Black Adam one even have, ever came out, and now that. I mean, we're going to talk about that more, but well, no, that may not happen. Now, so. Dwayne Johnson's okay. persistent pursuit of bringing Black Adam to the screen might not might uh, suffice to bring DC characters back for a sequel. According to The Hollywood Reporter, the number of the first film did not add up to guarantee a second. The movie has only grossed $383 million worldwide against a budget that might be anywhere between $190 million to $230 million before marketing, according to different sources. As a common rule of thumb, a mainstream Hollywood production is considered to need to earn triple its budget before making a profit. Applying this rule, Black Adam will likely to is likely to break even, even when figuring in ancillary revenues from home viewing and merchandising. Should the movie end up making a minimal profit, experts still see little chance of a sequel as follow-ups usually come at a higher production cost than their predecessors which this is an interesting story because we have a lot of conflicting information out there as far as Black Adam and how much the movie has actually made. Because there's stories like if you go to comic book resources um, and a lot of other outlets that are saying this movie is set to lose $100 million. And The Rock's coming out and talking about how profitable the movie, how big the movie is, how how great the movie is, how the movie is a success. And I think that's where DC's coming from and being like, dude, you need to shut up. Quit trying to overhype this. Quit trying to be your own hype man. Quit trying to hype up your numbers because it's not looking good because there's so much conflicting information out there. And I mean, it, right now, if we're getting a word right from a Hollywood you know, production insider that's saying for a movie to be considered profitable, it has to make triple of its bud- of the, the budget it was to make the movie. That's insanity. 
Yeah, I thought it was double, double the budget, but triple. Jeez, that's hard for any movie. Because going into that, it says um, there's some snarking going on out there that Black Adam is poised to lose fifty to a hundred million, and that is simply just not true. Deadline's film finance sources, meaning people who do this for a living, and those close to the film say this movie is bound to break even and be in the blacks. Um, with a global grossing of $390 million, $195 million production costs, and a P&A spent between $80 million to $100 million, that's advertising, the Dwayne Johnson DC New Line film is looking to net between $52 to $72 million. Also not including in the amount is the extra source of cash from Black Adam's merchandising. All this including a B-plus cinema score is it good enough for Black Adam to be a franchise starter uh, the first Captain America made $370 million worldwide. Black Adam repped Johnson's biggest solo opening stateside at $67 million, clearly one of the financial models that Warner Brothers had in mind when it was uh, strategizing uh, the PL on this film. In a very dry fall market without any tentpole due to the po- post-production uh, logjam created by COVID, Black Adam was the biggest movie of the season, notching number one for three weeks in a row around the world before Disney and Marvel Studios' Black Panther Wakanda Forever arrived. I've read the claims the of biggest oath of the season, not of the year. Well, it because says, that goes read to Top Gun, right? The cl- yeah. yeah, I've read the claims that Black Adam will lose money. That is false, exclaimed produ- uh, producer and financer Joe Singer who deals greatly in motion picture slates financing. The picture may be considered disappointing since it had Dwayne Johnson in the DC film. However, the picture will pass break even and throw off a bit of profit. So even then, it's still not sound like it's going to be some like gigantic blockbuster profitable movie, like the likes of most Marvel movies and, and Endgame. but it doesn't sound like it's going to be a total loss, but obviously it's not, generating the revenue they would like to see to bring it back for a sequel. Plus I'm sure the fact that James Gunn in that whole new regime wants to change everything is going to greatly affect moving forward, how they, they view all their initial plans, everything that's going on right now. I have a feeling that James Gunn's approach going forward. And this is where the rock kind of doesn't, fit that approach is no one actor can be bigger than dc does that make sense so like the rock is a huge name he's the household name right pretty much everybody knows who dwayne johnson is at least in in the states I'm, i'm not sure about overseas but he his name is bigger than what the dc film franchise is right now and if you build your whole franchise over one actor whose name is bigger than your franchise and that actor leaves, it could cripple the franchise. I think we're seeing a lot of that right now with Robert Downey Jr. Leaving, um, <clears throat> leaving Marvel. Um, because even those numbers haven't been up to snuff of what it was before Endgame. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree? I mean, Spider-Man excluded because Spider-Man did something new I think, that hadn't been done. I think Marvel's situation isn't necessarily Robert Downey Jr. Because I think Robert Downey Jr. Although Marvel and Robert Downey Jr. go hand in hand because 
the Marvel brand kind of revitalized Robert Downey Jr.'s career, gave him a second yeah. chance, gave him a career to even, you know, an opportunity to even have a career today after he basically snorted it all away in the 90s. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, I think the Mar- the problem with Marvel is they spent 10 years, right? They spent 10 years working up to Thanos. They had a roadmap. They had an end game, end game. They had an end game they wanted to reach. And basically they had the beginning and the end, and they just had to get there and make everything coherent and work. And it doesn't feel like they have that since end game. Like they could. They could if they just I think Kang was a bad choice. I think it should be Doctor Doom. I don't. I think Kang was a great choice, but Kang should be with the way he manipulates the time and the multiverse and the time streams and, and what Kang Kang is, he should have been appearing in every you should have saw a different form of Kang, or you should have seen some sort of event spinning out of Loki at the end credit of every movie. Their end credits aren't coherent and cohesive like mm-hmm. they used to be. Their end credits aren't spilling into the next movie like they used to. They're not setting really setting up the next. They might be setting up the next movie in that specific franchise, but they're not setting up the next Marvel Studios movie. So well, I've made that you know, argument before as well. Yeah, but you Matt. see, you they used to roll into each other, and now they don't really do that anymore. And yeah, every I feel like in the first three phases, everything kind of fed into the other right it was all connected in some way and i've made i've made this comment on this show before where right now nothing feels connected it all feels it all feels disconnected right because now they're trying to introduce the cosmic side the the uh time side and the multiverse side like it's three different conflicting themes going on three different stories going on at the same time and we have yet to see, like, what did She-Hulk do for for the overarching story other than just introduce She-Hulk? What did Moon Knight do working. For, for the, what's that? They brought working. us working. Yeah. <laughs> what did Moon Knight do for the overarching story of, of Marvel Universe? What did, well, if you, okay, um, so we see a lot of hate on She-Hulk. Let's step back here. What is some things, criticisms we've seen and heard from big time directors like Martin Scorsese specifically about the MCU? There's, there was, they're like, you think these characters would be having sex, these characters would be having relationships. There's no character growth here. And that's what She Hulk gave us. She Hulk was, to me, when you rewatch She Hulk, it's kind of like that direct response to that being like, all right, you want to see more relationships and you want to see these characters have more relationships and, and grow and have sex and have more adult themes and they made an alley McBeal situations. Show. Yeah. Real situations. We'll, we'll give you, you know, a superhero that sleeps around and just wants to chase Dick. And that's exactly what she was. She was a superhero that slept around and wanted to chase Dick and that's okay. That's great. You know, no, almost yeah, every movie you can make that most story. Every movie you see the man, take, you see the woman taking the walk of shame. And in this one, you got the man taking the walk of shame. <laughs> So, the blind guy you know yeah it's just... it's, i feel i agree with you matt but at the same time the part where she hulk like she hulk could have done that well but unfortunately it was poor writing and it was an incohesive story you know the seven episodes or however many it was it just 
it felt like every episode was supposed to be this trial of the week type episode, you know, CW type stuff, the monster of the week type stuff, but it was the trial of the week or whatever. She was touted to be this big time lawyer. You barely ever saw her in a courtroom. She, you were, it was touted that we were going to get, you know, Hulk was going to be a primary focus of, you know, going to be a co-star in the show. He was in what the first and last episode. Maybe one in between there somewhere. Uh, he was in the first. first two. I want to say he was in episode one and two, and then she tried to call him, and he was going back to Sakar. So he, yeah, he was in a couple of them, but not anywhere near like. And then well, they they told us Daredevil was going to be in it pretty early, and then you had to wait till what like episode five or six before you finally got Daredevil. Yeah, it, it just felt like. Ending. Yeah, it, the, ending, and was the ending was just the ending could have been so cool too. That whole jumping through, you know, the 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 third wall and and meeting Kevin and stuff. It could have been a cool idea, except it was executed poorly. So but that's why I, I argued wanted... the same thing with Moon Knight. Moon Knight could have been a cool idea, and they they executed it poorly. I think that's why you heard though and saw though too that while we were off last week, one of the biggest news stories that came out was that. Now that Bob Iger is back, Marvel has said, we're going to take a step back and we're going to focus more on quality over quantity. And we're going to take a hard look at phase five and six. And there's going to be some moving around. There's going to be some additions, some subtractions, and maybe just straight up cancellations. So I think really the backlash of phase four has really finally started to set in and they're seeing oh well you know phase four we're not hitting home runs like we used to and they're gonna step back and refocus and re-engage and i think so are they uh, someone said it i want to say or chapic or whatever who said that someone in the chat said it i think it was either hartman or joe's doolin and said that they think that ant-man <clears throat> oh joe's doolin said it I think Phase Five will start a large story arc, starting with Ant Man, and I agree. I think, I think Ant Man Quantum Mania is going to kick off a lot of stuff with Kang, and it's going to lead to the Kang Dynasty. So I think you're going to start seeing those after credit scenes start connecting again. You're going to get that pre Infinity War Endgame Marvel feel back that Phase Four has been lacking. Do you think? Because we haven't got any sort of announcement with with Shang Chi, right? There has not been heard. a Shang-Chi no, but speculated to be a Phase 6 movie. But they the said, director has been, just been tapped to do the Kang Dynasty, right? The director was tapped to do Kang Dynasty, yes. I'm kind of surprised that he, that Shang-Chi is not a bigger part of this whole thing as he well. He will be. It's supposed to be Shang-Chi, um, the new Black Panther, what's her name? Um, Shuri. Shuri. Sure, and, and uh, there's a third one, and um, the new Captain America, um, Falcon is going to be the three. Well, I think uh, Ant Man's going to play a big role in it too. Their their name and those three are supposed to be the, the main protagonists against Kang, and and that's the thing I'm thinking about is we build up to Endgame, and we had all these powerful superheroes to get to fight Thanos. Who do you have now besides She Hulk that has any? Until you get Silver Surfer and Fantastic Four and uh, Thor and uh, some of those cosmic warlock, you have nobody that can stack up to Kang. 
Ant-Man can't, right? So I don't, I'm don't. i sure he'll beat him in the story in the movie, but really in all points, it, it he's they're not, they're not that level. So they need to build up to that character. They don't have anybody right now, in my opinion, unless I'm missing yeah, something. Yeah, I think... I think that's part, I agree with you, JP. I think we're missing that big um, because before it was teasing Captain Marvel and then you had Captain America, Thor, right? You had these these larger than life characters and who really feels larger than life now? Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, there's nobody that even even when it comes to cosmic entities that can face Kang on their own, like Captain Marvel could have beat Thanos on her own. And so could have Thor at some and and you know in theory, but they needed the whole team to do it. You don't have a good cosmic team that has you know, these. We got a lot of street level people right now. A lot of well, there was the yeah. I, I I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, buddy. That's all right. No, that's uh, street no, level. Keep, just like Spider Man, Spider Man, Daredevil. You know those type of people that would be more um, you know fighting robbers and you know. Yeah. Jewelry thieves and stuff like that, which is which can be cool Disney Plus movies and cool movies that I'll definitely go see. But there's really no um, big name, so we need Silver Surfer or someone like to that extent. I think you're. I think you're going to get. I think Marvel is going to get revitalized a little bit when we far, start to finally see the X Men. Yeah, but that's not going to be until 2025. But Fantastic Four too. Like I, I think, I think right now, like. Like they kind of put Thor through the ringer, so he's—I don't think Thor is the big draw that he used to be, um, because of this latest movie. But right now, the biggest name in the Marvel universe, you could probably argue, is Ant Man and Tom Holland, Spider Man. Yeah. Um, people are itching to see to see X Men, Fantastic Four. We're itching to see. Um, Ryan Reynolds' return as Deadpool, um, but nobody's really excited about, you know, the Marvels movie. Nobody's no. really excited about the Falcon or the the Captain America movie. Yeah. No one's really excited about fucking um, Thunderbolts. Another one that's coming out. Thunderbolts. Oh, I'm stoked for Thunderbolts. Yeah, I but it's too, not but the I same. Kinda... It's not the same excitement that's attached to, like Black Panther. We saw it right. There was a little bit of excitement for Black Panther. Ant Man, I feel excited about Ant Man. There was excitement for Civil War and and the Captain America movies and uh, the Iron Man movies. But what right now is generating that excitement? I think Guardians and Ant Man are two that can catapult. Uh, well, I hope on Guardians, five. man, because that holiday special was was shit. Yeah, but it was it was funny though. It wasn't. It was. It laid some groundwork, but. What do you Again, mean it brought Kevin Bacon into the MCU? I know. Now the Kevin six Bacon degrees is Kevin now Bacon. made, man. Yeah. It didn't you need do that? to be made. Kevin Bacon, now the six degrees are, are... I don't think you could ever lose that game ever. Well, if you watch the trailer for... If you watch the trailer for Guardians, there's a lot of reason. There's a lot of the holiday special that propels you into Guardians 3. Maybe. It might, it might, be, it might be better once I see... You know, Guardians. I really 3. think the holiday special was all shit that he filmed for Guardians Three, and it couldn't he couldn't fit it to make it make sense. <laughs> so he just did it like as a special, so you know that they bought nowhere and what they're doing after they leave Thor in Love and Thunder, and then it goes from there. Like I, I really, it really felt to me like the holiday special just sat like 
it was all just shit he filmed for Guardians Three that just didn't fit. <laughs> Could be. It makes sense. I just, I just want their. I want to feel like excited about going to see a Marvel well, movie, and I haven't. You might want to take that, that up with your wife then, if you're not feeling excited. <laughs> you need some, but you know you what I'm saying? Five like, kids Marvel movies you, like there was so much excitement around Spider Man, and I don't know if I've felt that since when it comes to a Marvel movie. Like I didn't have that, you know, anticipation for a movie since. Like not even Doctor Strange did that. You know, well, they can't all be bangers, man. You're gonna have some. I know, movies but I feel like the first three phases, like every movie that came out, is like I'm so fucking excited to see this. And now I think because we get so much TV shows, special presentations, movies, we get so much that I agree with that quality over quantity comment that you made, right? Yeah, I I agree with that because right now I feel like it's we're almost inundated by all these properties coming out from Marvel that, that the, the things that are supposed to be to get us excited and things that we're supposed to anticipate kind of lose their luster a little bit. Well, speaking of losing its luster, Wonder Woman three, not moving forward to DC. And this has caused a huge controversy as well. There's just so much controversy around DC this week. According to the Hollywood reporter, it shocked me a little bit. Multiple sources state that, uh, director Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman three is dead, and in the current in its current form, this news comes ahead of the new DC Studios boss James Gunn and Pete Saffer's uh, pivotal presentation to Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zalas regarding their multi-year plan for the DCU, which is expected to take place next week. A report by the Wire cites sources familiar with the situation, alleging that the surprise cancellation of Gal Gadot's next film as the super-powered Amazonian, was due to creative differences. When Wonder Woman's franchise director, Patty Jenkins, submitted her treatment for the third installment to Warner Brothers uh, Film Group and co-chairperson CEO Michael DeLuca and Pamela Abdi, the duo formed her treatment to, uh, The duo found her treatment to be inadequate and chose not to move forward with the project. While Gunn and Safran agreed about Jenkins' treatment issues, the DC studio CEO did not make the call to pull the plug on the threequel. According to one insider, Jenkins refused to let DeLuca and Ab- Abdi know that they were wrong and they didn't understand her, didn't understand the character, didn't understand the character's arc, and didn't understand what Jenkins was trying to do. To underscore her point, according to the first insider, Jenkins sent an email to DeLuca that ended with a link to the Wikipedia definition of character arc uh jenkins was told that if she wanted to come back and pitch a different direction for wonder woman the studios would hear it she stood firm in her and her vision and responded that if they didn't want to do her treatment and she wasn't going to do a different one and would instead just move on to her next film jenkins uh, especially didn't want to hear what newly installed dc chief james gunn and Seffron had to say even though they were nothing to, they had nothing to do with the decision to not move forward with her version of Wonder Woman 3. She just didn't want to allow them to have the seat at the table to have an opinion on something new that she might come up with, and the insider added. So so it sounds like Patty Jenkins doesn't know how to play in the sandbox. (laughs) Because I think everybody would agree that Wonder Woman 1984 was not good. No, it was not. And I think that's what the whole 
we don't like your treat, you know, we're, we don't agree with your treatment here is, is that they felt like she was way off and she's like, nah, I'm not your way off, you know, but don't you feel like they in, and I'm sorry, I don't know the term to, for, for this in a female standpoint, but Wonder Woman 1984 feel like they demasculated the character of Wonder Woman. Like in Wonder, the first Wonder Woman, I don't know what the the female version of that term, but just call it in the yeah the first Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman felt so strong and powerful and like true to her conviction and you know she don't need no man to get the shit done <laughs> right you know what I mean like yeah she was heartbroken about Steve is Steve is his name Steve. Uh, Steve I think Rogers. so. Yeah, Steve Rogers is somebody else. JP. <laughs> uh, so it made Wonder Woman did everything with a female character that we wish Captain Marvel did, right? Like, as far as making her believable, as far as 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 her power, right? And and the her abilities. And then That's Wonder Woman terror. 1984 felt like it turned her into a big puddle, right? As soon as as soon as Chris Pine comes back, she is pining over him again. Pining, yeah, yeah, <laughs> good, good pun. But you know what I'm saying, like, and then and then as much as we all love um, uh, Pedro Pascal, he felt like a watered down version of of like Trump essentially like they tried to turn him into like a parody of of trump which i think can be can be done well it's just it didn't feel like it was done well in this movie like he was not believable as a villain the whole movie was just not good so if her third treatment for for wonder woman was anything like 1984 and not at all like the first wonder woman I could completely understand how how somebody could be like, this is not good. I feel like she doesn't understand character arc because she they basically did the same thing that they did with Thor is they built her up to be this strong, powerful character. And then in Thor as well, they they cheapened it, right? They made him less imposing. They made him less believable as a as a leading character. They 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 took everything that you love about the character and and completely shat on it <clears throat> well i, I think like, it's I like like that's wonder woman did. They, well to your point with thor and wonder woman is they made the character so overpowered even captain marvel they made the cover character so overpowered that she's just black. she's superman without the kryptonite yeah she's so overpowered that she's just boring and that's what mm-hmm. Thor was so overpowered that he was just boring. So you, you have to, they had to find a way to give her a weakness and kind of depower her a little bit and, and doing so making, you know, Steve Trevor, her, her Achilles heel real to, so to speak, and to depower her and to give her a little bit of more of a softness instead of being so hard. Um, they really didn't they they didn't do that in the right tone they didn't depower her the right way making her I, fall I head think over we're all heels. kind of bored i think we're all kind of bored of seeing the woman where the her weakness is her man 
Yeah, absolutely. Aren't we all bored of that? That's why I'm hoping the way they depower uh, Captain Marvel is by having Rogue take her powers. Yeah, sweet. I feel like I feel like cool. Wonder Woman, yeah. and maybe this isn't the right view for her, but I feel like in the first movie that you did feel some weakness in, in her. And her weakness was almost the fact that she cared so much. Like her heart was her weakness, right? Like she put herself in situations, like risky situations for the sake of of saving somebody. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all to have a big heart for other people. And in the in the second movie, it was Steve Trevor was her weakness. And I, and I think we've all seen that movie before where you have, you know, I think of every movie where it starts out with this woman. She's, she's deep in her career. Like she's a lawyer or, or, uh, you know, any Catherine Heigl movie, right? They're, <laughs> they're deep in their career and they're, and they're, they're a, a pillar in their, in their career. And then they meet a guy and they become a fucking mess. That's what wonder woman, 1984, wonder Go woman, watch Hallmark. There's a whole channel of them out there right, <laughs> right. now. Right. That's wonder woman, 1984. It was a cheap, cheap rom-com. <laughs> You know, not not to be not to to cheapen it any more than it is, but it was a cheap Catherine Heigl movie or an expensive Catherine Heigl movie, depending on how you fucking look at it. But it's it's every I'm trying to think of a movie that my wife and I I feel like we just watched one where where it was a strong, powerful woman and then she meets somebody and just completely falls apart. But Wonder Woman was not the only movie to get the chop from DC. It sounds like Man of Steel 2 is in doubt now as well. Henry Cavill's Superman may be sitting up, uh, sitting on the sidelines a little longer, if not indefinitely, as the new report suggests that the sequel to Man of Steel might not be part of James Gunn and Pete Saffron's developing plans for the DC Universe. Ahead of Gunn and Saffron's forthcoming meeting with Warner Brothers Discovery um, and, and the CEO, David Zelva, about the future of the DC, the Hollywood Reporter suggests that one scenario sees shutting down Man of Steel 2. According to the outlet sources, uh, Cavill filmed a cameo for DC's studio's upcoming Flash movie back in September, but there is a debate inside the studio as to whether or not to keep the cameo and if it's include inclusion promises something that the studio would have no plans of delivering on. These sources also claim that the flash remains an unlocked picture, despite previous reports in October, a month after Cavell allegedly shot his cameo, that suggests that Ezra Miller-led standalone feature had locked its final cut. So <clears throat> if it comes out that DC once again is giving Henry Cavill the boot, this dude better not pick up another phone call from Warner Brothers. Hell no. He better come right. Because this dude has been shit Marvel. on way too many times. <laughs> like, honestly, has anybody, like, Henry Cavill's career is so fucking interesting. He becomes the most iconic superhero of all time, right? In Superman. And then has a pretty decent movie. Then gets into the witcher where netflix makes him sign a contract that he's not going to do any other properties except the witcher while he's doing the witcher and the dc somehow gets him to come back you know much through the rock you could argue that the the rock is a big reason why henry cavill came back 
with it seemed like the promise to get another movie made and now they're going to give him the boot again this dude better never pick up the phone for warner brothers ever again. i don't think they're going to give him the boot i i think you're going to see him in a superman movie again but it's not going to be man of steel 2 I think what's happening is DC hat. I think that's why you're seeing them scrap so much because they're trying to get away from the Snyderverse. They want to get rid, get away from everything that has to do with the Snyderverse. So I think that's why they're going to let, they're going to let the flash go because that movie's already so far and it's testing so well, they're going to let Shazam go because it's already, you know, too far along. I think that's why they already canceled Batgirl. That's why I think you're going to see, they're going to let Blue Beetle go because I think they might try to start something new with Blue Beetle or it might just fit into their standalone universe like the Batman or Joker does. But yeah, I think they're going to reboot everything. And granted, when you're hearing these cancellations, you're not hearing Gal Gadot is not going to be Wonder Woman again. Henry but Cavill is not put out on Superman Twitter again. She did put out on Twitter that she's excited for her next chapter. She it yeah, almost the day before Gal Gadot. Yeah, the day before that Gal Gadot is putting an ending to that book. She might be trying to do that to force DC hand DC's hand, being like, if you're not going to make this with this director, I'm not going to be a part of it. Well, they're also and, I don't know if you put it in here, but I'm just going to say it. There's also talk that. Jason Momoa may no longer be Aquaman and he might be Lobo. Lobo. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like that. So it sounds like that they're just going to completely reboot the whole thing. And the yes. Flash might be a good opportunity to do that. I mean, if, if you know, with, uh, <clears throat> you know, they're adapting the Flashpoint story, the ending of Flash could be, could be, you know, that big bang, right? If you will. Uh, that could reboot this whole thing mm-hmm. and make everything that happened before the flash before the ending of the flash everything that's happened might just be a different universe it could be the it could be their new 52 if you will yeah but i think that's what you're going to see yeah. is that they're saying man is man of steel 2 is going to be shelved but i think it's because they're not going to move forward with those Zack Snyder properties, they're going, you're going to see Henry Cavill Superman again, but it's not going to be Man of Steel 2. It'll be a different titled movie. But don't you think that leads to separate to consumer from... confusion? No. By not recasting him? No, I don't think so. You don't, th- you don't think it's going to lead to any, because I, I think general public's not going to understand like, oh, this is a reboot, but it's with the same dude. I, I didn't, whenever, um, Batman Begins, I didn't even see that in the theaters, but when The Dark Knight came out and I saw that, I heard about it and talked with it about a colleague of mine, and he said that, you know, the Joker's in it, and I and I had followed comics all my life, but I got out of it, you know, for a period of time, and I said, well, how, they, how does that mesh with the original movie with Michael Keaton? He's like, oh, this is a whole new thing, and I just couldn't grasp, but they didn't go, they won't get cohesive stories, and now that I'm back into it, it it makes more sense to me but i think that's a good point to bring up is that how will the general audience feel about they just saw superman in the in the black adam movie because they went to see the rock and they got to superman and then if they recast them that'll throw things off or they do something a little bit different than that 
it'll throw things off. But I, I think it just depends on how you do how you do the magic. I think recasting him would throw things off, but just moving to a different, being like, all yeah. right, this is a Man of Steel. This is just, you know, Superman or, you know, getting away from the Snyderverse stuff, not even acknowledging it anymore and moving forward to what you're trying to build to. I don't think it'll be cause consumer confusion at all. I think it's the right way to go. Like, right. As long as they leave Cavill, it won't be as confusing as if they recast. Because that was, I said, why do they need a new Batman? What was wrong with, I didn't, I didn't get that. But again, why did you bring him back and Black Adam did not have him again coming forward? You, you set the whole tone right there. But do you why, think that that's that? part of the reason why, do you think that's part of the reason why Black Adam maybe didn't perform as well as it could have is because people already know that this thing is a dumpster fire? I mean, I went to see it because I wanted to see that end credit scene. And I want to see how they did that. And I want to see Dr. Fate and I want to see Hawkman. I thought that was pretty cool. I could have cared less about Black Adam, but I thought, okay, you know, DC has done a good job. At least James Gunn has done a good job with taking these off the wall characters that no one cared about, taking dark characters and, and doing something with them. And I thought, okay, this might be a new way to start the new storyline because if they've been scrapping things right and left and now they're just, it's, you know, it's like a snowball rolling downhill. More stuff's getting scrapped as they roll down. And I think it's overall a good move for James Gunn and the other co-CEO to, to scrap things and start over. But I wouldn't recast by any stretch and try to keep some cohesiveness or some way that you're going to f- turn this off, like you said, uh, you know, one universe over another. That's the exactly the word. So like you said, try to keep some cohesiveness everything is telling me that they don't want any cohesiveness with but if they do it like with with but you're having uh, ezra miller you have michael keaton you're supposed to bring black ben Ben affleck and then if you make it a whole new universe then you can make um you know bring lobo what's his name um jason momoa jason momoa and make him lobo now and so you don't think that by by taking Jason Momoa and making him Lobo, but keeping Henry Cavill as Superman, you don't think that's going to cause any consumer confusion? I, I hate Wait, Aquaman. Aquaman's Lobo now, but Henry Cavill's still the same? Yeah, that's a good point, but I think it's almost... Uh... Like, it just seems conflicting. It seems like conflicting, conflicting ideas, right? Let's recast Jason Momoa as something else, but let's keep Henry Cavill... Well, they oh, did the same pro- thing. By the well, way, we're probably going to recast the Flash, but it didn't have a problem with in Marvel when they recast Chris Evans. Chris Evans, yeah, right. I mean, yeah, but that was completely said, different franchise, different universes, was, different universes. Yeah, and there was so much time in between them. We literally just saw Henry Cavill as Superman just a, a month ago, but, and then but, we're going to see Aquaman here in a couple months. But if you had to I choose somebody you, to play Lobo, who would you choose? I oh, think Jason you're Momoa's giving perfect. the American. I think you're you're giving too much credit to the American consumer about how much they care. Right. Yeah. I don't think they're gonna care as much as you think they do. Like, uh, you know, this this group that we're in cares because we're fans of the the source material. We're fans of everything that's put out. The general public and the general consensus. I don't think they're gonna care. They're just gonna be like, but oh I'm using- shit, Jason Momoa. What's this? You know, and they're gonna. Go but see I'm using. It. I'm using what I've seen as kind of as kind of the basis for my so like 
you guys think I'm giving the Amer- American consumer too much credit. Well, explain to me why Thor, which is probably as bad as Black Adam, if not worse, <laughs> Thor goes to make mega bucks and Black Adam does it. I think it's because the American consumer has lost face faith in the DC brand. I don't think I think it's that the American consumer is invested in the MCU and they're in, this is the third outing for Thor. So you're invested in this franchise at this point. Well, then why did the Batman do so well? I think it's not not so much Marvel or whatever. It's the fact that Black Adam was still connected to that old stuff. And then you have the Batman, which is a DC property that did well because it, because it was clearly established. This is not this is not has nothing to do with anything you've ever seen before. It's a complete ex- reboot. Explain Peacemaker. But Peacemaker wasn't earth shattering. Uh-huh. I think it was. It was the most talked about TV show to, to kick off the year. It was the most like Googled and talked about TV show. But then you have Suicide Squad. Yeah, but there also wasn't a whole lot out at that time. But then you also have the Suicide Squad, that which was Peacemaker went off of, and Suicide Squad didn't break records. But it definitely was better than the original Suicide Squad. So it, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, we can all agree on that. But I think a lot but of people I, thought, maybe thought, oh, is this going to, what is this? What are they doing here? Again, reboot. I know it was a couple years, uh, not 10 years, like you, uh, you said with Chris Evans and and his two roles, it was a five years. And if they do Momoa, you're looking at like two years. So, again, you know, apples and apples or tomato, tomato on that. How many years is somebody needs to establish the the break from one to the other? But we just, you know, you got a new Batman out of nowhere. You got a Joker who's in a separate universe. Like DC's been doing uncohesive storylines for a long time. You know, the, the Batman universe <clears throat> didn't have anything to do with uh, Batman Begins and all that it had nothing to do with DC outside of that universe and then they brought in Affleck and he was in the Joker movie then they have another Joker movie that's not connected and then they have you know Suicide Squad that is same name somewhat different characters but connected it, it they really have had no cohesion and cohesiveness and that's probably their biggest problem over the last 10 years since Batman um, Joe's doing said no one cares I, about recasting of characters if it's a good movie yeah, but 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 Thor was not a good movie, and people still went and saw it in droves. Right, but I think that people like you said. But then you have Bird of Bird of Prey, Bird of I Prey, think. where everybody was everybody agrees Margot Robbie's great as as Harley Quinn, and it made no money. Right, but I, why did why did Peacemaker do so well? At least word of mouth. Because I think it was at home. You didn't. It, there's a less of investment to to actually sit down and watch it. You hear somebody say, "Hey, Peacemaker's really good. You should watch it." But you got to be into it for however many episodes right so you gotta vest almost yeah, six but most hours people i spoke to like my brother who does watch comic book stuff he i told him about it when we were probably four episodes in and i said dude you got to watch a show he hadn't even heard about it yeah my buddy too well, he and then he's not the much. only he's not the only only person that that was the case yeah i, I mean, think peacemaker was a slow burn like not not the show but i think people got into it as it was two three four weeks well, into how it. how was how was iron man received in 2008 was it a slow iron burn? Man was I mean, all it, word of mouth right because it was a great movie right i mean you look back at it, you can't you can probably find fault here and there but it was just a like superman 
the first Superman in 1976. It was just a great movie. You go back and watch it now. Maybe it's somewhat but cheesy, but it's a household name then. I mean, Superman, I don't know. He, Superman was a household name then, dude. And yeah, but so was yeah, the Reeves. Again, it's still in 76. Yeah, absolutely, dude. I, I mean, who would I, I never saw Christopher Reeves or knew the, the name until Superman came out. I mean, maybe he was in some, uh, you know, I guess we can Google back to what shows he was in. But I mean, Superman was a household name. So was Iron Man. They both were. Iron Man was not. Iron Man was not a household name until there was that a song, your favorite song. Dude, it has nothing to do with the comic book, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> Iron Man was not a household name. That's why no studio bought it. That's the only reason Marvel got to make that movie. They tried to sell. Well, that's the why they got Man to make right Avengers there. and all that because they sold off all the good properties, yeah. right? We talk about that. Was the right. big that was the big thing that was the big thing with Marvel is they sold all their all their dollar makers, and then were able to have success. Yeah, but how, how was Superman was, was a household name because Dude, it's Superman been a- had already had. So in the 60s, I believe, like Superman had already had two or three TV shows by that time, right? With George, um, George Reeves. Uh, They had a cartoon series that was that that was huge in the 60s or 50s or something like that. Superman was a household name. So everybody knew who Superman was. And then you have Batman that already had Adam West. So Superman and Batman were the two biggest superheroes in the world, probably since the 60s. 50s iron I mean, man no one knew who the fuck iron man was if you didn't read except, comic books except ozzy osborne <laughs> right I, I, but iron man, I, I mean, I, iron I, I, man I, I, like that was the big thing about iron man is that it was an unproven but, property that marvel turned it into gold but some but they okay they did for they they made a, someone said earlier on the chat that you know no one cares what the past was with with that or who the recast is as long as it's a good movie and that's exactly what iron man was and overall just good movie superman might have been a household name but it you know he was i don't know i don't i'm not saying he was super popular i mean it wasn't like he was a household name he was in you know uh cartoon stuff so was spider-man he had spider-man and his amazing friends in the 80s and the movies they made did not do very well three biggest superheroes in the world are superman batman and spider-man right but the spider-man movie that they made in the 80s didn't do anything it was a cheesy cheesy like tv movie i think i i don't i can't give you the details Sue it, it, it didn't come out in the japanese one the no TV there was show? no, they, no had, they, had, they had a spider-man tv show in the and the early years also in the capital but i don't think i don't think you can uh, i don't think you can afford the same thing that you're saying about superman and batman that you can to spider-man like superman was big longer than spider-man was and so was batman i mean i, I 19, guess household yeah the amazing spider-man tv series from 1977 to 1979 yeah, it was cheesy but it didn't catapult spider-man anywhere else his the cartoons did more for him and, and you know i think maybe superman lost some luster from the 60s until they made that movie in the seven in the 70s no 76. Dude. no way dude Superman was huge, dude. Like, I don't, I think you're, no, you're underestimating how big Superman was. I think when you talk about the 70s, 60s and 70s, you have to redefine the word huge because it is not, it was the popularity of these characters were not like it is today. 
there was not somebody, you know, you got to remember those times. It was still very much. If you read comics, you were a nerd. You didn't want to be a nerd. So super, you know, Superman didn't quite have the following. It does. He does today. So I think you've got to kind of redefine your use of. Yeah. Now it's now it's different. Like popularity now with with the increase of social media and the internet and stuff obviously it's nowhere near it's well above what it was back then joe is what it's far superman because over overpowered superheroes are boring but back then there was no internet or anything so but when you look at those standards as far as household recognition superman was the biggest fucking superhero character in the world well there was no guarantee he was the first superhero and it's not because of the super it's what the character stood for it was the symbol that the character is it's not mm-hmm. the character himself it's it's what he represents it's what he stood for it's his cree that it, they used him very much to propel themselves through the great depression through world war ii just kind of like they did with with Cap- um captain, captain america. america they used him as a vice they used his symbol as a symbol of inspiration as a symbol of hope as you know it's not the character of superman it's it's what he represents is what really catapulted him to so when did when did the first superman movie come out 76 76 okay so in 1960 to 1977 he had a broadway play he had the new adventures of superman tv show he with, had with, uh, super uh, friends. What's that? With George Reeves, right? Yeah, I I believe so. No, George Reeves, was it that time? I think oh, that was, was in the 50s. 50s. Yeah. I Adventures don't Adventures of Superman. But then you also had Super Friends. Well, had you're aware that there was a going Batman, on before that movie came out. There was a Batman series before the before Adam West as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm but saying. There was like, no guarantee. There is no guarantee that the Superman movie of '76 was going to be a hit. It had a great director, it had a great actor, it had a great character, but there have been other flops, like we see with Black Adam, because of great. I won't say it's a great director, but a great actor, or not great, but just well known that could have propelled it. So it, there was no guarantee. But the the way the movie was done, same with Batman '89 with Joe with with Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholas was the was such a um, you know, synergy between those two. Same with Lex Luthor. I mean, God, you can't get any better than Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor, in my opinion. I mean, the guy, he was he was awesome in that role. The whole movie was great because of many different factors that propelled what was a household name to what it became in through the 90s and until and now. I mean, you got a character who's been around for 90 years, right? Yeah, and but still well I, known. I forget what was our what was our argument. <laughs> Well, I'm saying you're going back like they just the fact that Iron Man was a changing movie because it was a great movie. Batman 89 was a great movie and Superman was a great movie. So you have to start somewhere with that. And Superman was a household name. Iron Man not. Right. But that's that's was the point we're getting at is I was just trying to get at get back to the fact that if the movie's good enough, you can can propel the franchise. And DC can do that if they have another one of those type of movies like Marvel did with Iron Man and how Superman and Batman both, even though they were household names, but no one saw them to that scale back then. Right. I mean, yeah, that, but, I mean, there's but nothing you could also make the argument. 
that like DC with those movies, like they not all of them have been like super stinkers, right? You had Aquaman. I I liked Shazam. I know Matt did not. But so none of those right, propelled but, but the, do you know propelled that, the franchise. Here's there's something. Here's, of, oh, go ahead. Just make I make a quick point. There's this may go longer than that, but I mean there was a different feeling when coming out of the theater. Maybe it had to do with my age. When I first saw Superman, when I first saw Batman, when I saw Endgame, like those were big movies. Iron Man the same way. Like I liked coming out. You know, Shang Chi was a good movie. So was Aquaman, but they were nothing like those tent poles. Those are just phenomenal movies that it's hard to re to to remake those every time. Like we had said earlier, you can't make these big movies every time. Some of them are not going to be as big hits, but you need a couple of those to propel your franchise forward. And DC has not had as many of those. They need to go back to the formula of the Batman and Superman um, somehow. I don't know. It's just so- I think those are. If super my look at the like the slant if Superman is was so well known and and started it all, why didn't Batman was you you realize Batman was first right? Batman had a nine had a what was it like fifteen part serial in nineteen forty three. Batman was huge until and then Superman had one in nineteen forty. I want to say. 48 what, so, what's the point you're trying to make i'm just saying like batman superman is wasn't as big as a household name as you you think he he was no batman was batman was big i think batman was was just as if not probably bigger i mean the adam west show was fucking huge I'm just saying, like, I, I don't. Mean, the George like, Reeves show wasn't wasn't like that. Adam, I mean, we they still make they still make stuff. Well, up until Adam West passed away, but they were still doing reboots or or installments to that Adam West. I mean, they had Adam West and um, what's his name, Bert uh, Bert Ward. Yeah, Bert Ward do an animated movie just what seven years ago or something like that. Batman sixty. They're still coming out with comics like that. The Superman movies don't have that. No, and my point was just like I don't think bat like Superman's what although popular and his symbol was popular, he wasn't as big as you think he was. In that, time I think the it. reason the Superman movie did good is is calling back to what you just said a little bit ago, Matt, is what he stood for. But nobody could know what he stood for if he wasn't a well-known character. Right. The Superman was the American way. And in the 70s, there was a large demographic of people, because if you remember, there was a lot of was that around the Vietnam War, right? No. Yeah. Seven, 60, 60, 74. There was a lot of discord between these two groups of people like you had. You had people that opposed the government and then you had these other like I see it in fucking I've been watching that 70s show a lot now. Right. You had Star Wars and stuff like that making making big impacts, but the, the I think more so with Superman, it's what he stood for, and at that time that was needed by a certain demographic of people. But you also had the fact that he he was a known character, mm-hmm. right? But again, and nobody Super- could know what he stood for if you didn't know the character, right? But even even as as well known as he was. 
Superman one and two were good movies, but Superman three and four were kind of didn't carry just as for his for him being as well known or for the character being as well known. Those movies did not fare well, and neither did Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Right, even though the staying power, the cultural significance, or the wherewithal of those characters well, still have to make a good movie, right? And that's what Batman Forever. Batman Forever wasn't a flop in the theaters, was it? Uh, those I mean, Joel Schumacher was, movies. The Val Kilmer. I mean, it was getting there. It started to get there because they started losing their quality. But the first one after Batman Returns was what? Was it Forever? Yeah, the Val Kilmer then was Batman and Robin with George. Uh, yeah, the the Val Kilmer movie did not flop in the theaters. No, I mean, but it it wasn't. Uh, there was a lot of problems with that movie that they didn't stick with Tim. You know, Tim Burton again. Oh yeah, Michael there was a, there was a lot of problems. Right, it didn't flop, but again, that nipples. And yeah, <laughs> exactly. But it, it was. I don't know. I mean, we can go over this uh, all day. Yeah, I think we've beaten this this topic. Can we just move on to the next? Yeah, we can. Uh, Gwen Stacy's clone becomes Spider-Man's greatest villains in a new series. Marvel Comics has officially announced Spider-Gwen Shadow Clones as a five-part limited series that transforms Gwen Stacy into five of Spider-Man's most notorious adversaries. Spider-Gwen Shadow Clones. uh, It's going to feature designs by Peach Momoko due to launch in March of 2023. The series reimagines Gwen Stacy as Dr. Octopus, Sandman, Vulture, Rhino, and Craven the Hunter. Each issue will ship with the homage variant cover by Greg Land. At this time, the House of Ideas has unveiled the first four variants featuring clones of Gwen as Doc Ock, Sandman, Craven, Rhino, respectively. This is a cash grab if I've ever seen one. Yeah, they didn't even try these, to make each artwork look different. I mean, Doc Ock covers and, look- and Craven is the same fucking pose. They just put yeah, different dressing well, on them, and the that, other two are the same. They're all super popular Spider-Gwen covers, too. So, like, they're two of, like, the highest-grossing Spider-Gwen covers. The land cover, where she's in the squatting position, that that book was for, like, $2,000 uh, for the for the Edge of Spider-Verse 2, her first appearance. So, they're just homaging these covers, and it's, like, the most... It's one of the most overproduced Gwen covers out there like yeah. it just the doc Ock one looks kind of cool the sandman one looks kind of cool those other two look stupid as shit yeah well the rhino one me. looks absolutely ridiculous like they progressively get worse as i'm looking in this scale that you put here yeah the craven <laughs> one looks absolutely ridiculous as well. <laughs> but the rhino one like she she grows horns out of her head now yeah see just like uh Joe Zulin said, just what I need. Another derivative Greg Land Gwen cover. But cash grab. Grab all that Gwen stuff. Makes me wonder if, uh, well, makes me wonder this year we've gotten Gwenverse and now Spider Gwen Shadow Clones. They're either gearing up coming to the MCU. They're either gearing up for um into the spot or across the Spider-Verse to remind you about Spider-Gwen, or Gwen Stacy's gonna make her appearance in Spider-Man 4. I do think across the Spider-Verse kind of propelled Gwen Stacy. And you could probably argue that that probably happened with Amazing Spider-Man 2, Gwen Stacy, or Amazing Spider-Man in general, but mm-hmm. um it kind of propelled this this character into 
a stratosphere that I didn't even know was possible for this character. Like, I mean, she doesn't hold that big of an impact to the Spider-Man. You know, when people think of Spider-Man, they think Mary Jane, right? No. When Stacy. Well, no, it's, it's like normal, like normal, regular people. Like if I asked some guy off the street that has very limited knowledge of Spider-Man, who's Spider-Man's girlfriend, 90% of people would say it's Mary Jane. Yeah, but Gwen holds the most significance because that was like, other than that was the real first loss at his hands was. was... Yeah, but you're speaking from a person that knows the like I would yeah. say, I understand what you're saying, but we're both speaking from a person that has a, has a knowledge of Spider-Man in at whole. But if you talk to general audiences, like. You Mary do a lot Jane of talking is... to general audiences. I want to know where you talk. <laughs> about these well, I just think, I just think about like, people like my sister or my dad or or something like that 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 don't watch may may not may watch one of these every like once in a blue moon or have a general general understanding of the character and i mean the animated series came out mary jane was a huge part of that and gwen stacy i don't think <laughs> fucking sticks <laughs> gwen stacy two <laughs> 276 feet to fall spider-verse movie <laughs> But I, I do think that like she's kind of been <laughs> Dollar General where Lance talks to the general audience. But I do think she's kind of been vaulted into kind of a spotlight because yeah. of into the into the Spider-Verse and Yeah, for the the character of Spider-Gwen, absolutely. I will absolutely agree with you there. But moving on, Daredevil Born Again will reportedly remain a TVMA under Bob Iger's Great. Watch. I really hope Bob Iger is fixing some shit, dude. Because I just had this conversation with my dad where he's like, it's the same old shit. Because my dad's like super conservative and stuff. Yeah. But uh, I really hope Bob Iger comes in and I really hope the problems that they've that they've been having as far as, you know, with Marvel and some of the stuff with Star Wars and everything like that. I really hope that they ousted the guy that was a big piece of that. Do you think Kevin Feige is the reason why they've been pushing out so much shit? No, I think Kevin Feige is, although he's in charge of the MCU, he's still got a boss to respond to or report to. And so he's reporting to the, the CEO who's giving him his marching orders and he's just doing with the best he can with what he's got. Try to find and, out how to come up with more shit. Yeah. Why do you think Chapek wanted to do so much content? I thought he was the parks guy. No, but he became the CEO. But it goes hand in hand. The whole company. The the more you pump out MCU wise, that's your draw. The more you can put in the parks, the more you can build bigger Avenger Avengers campuses, and you can do. You know, the more you pump out, the more you have to work with. The more you can capitalize on it. That makes sense. It's really crazy too because Iger kind of groomed Chapek to become the CEO. And then as soon as Iger came back as the CEO, he's instantly talking shit about Chapek. He, he talks shit about them raising the park prices. He thinks the park prices are too high. They talk shit about how he treated employees and stuff. Like, And this guy was groomed to be Iger's successor by Iger. And the dude was ousted in, what, two years? Yeah. Yeah. A couple bad reports and 
But it is kind of like a light switch went off, dude. Like we had Endgame. Disney seemed to be on fucking cloud nine up until that point. And then they just had a flop with Strange Worlds. Like Strange Worlds flopped hard, dude. No, it, there was absolutely no uh, press for it. There was I didn't see commercials for it. The only place I saw a commercial yeah, but dude, for it was put on Disney, Disney on something. You put Disney on something, and that used to be a draw alone. Like, just stick Disney on it. But and the it, problem it is, fu- is or Pixar. I think I think in the way people consume media now, it is like they're not focusing their their publicity and their advertisements in the right way because people aren't consuming media on TV anymore. They're maybe they're not watching Disney Plus. So you're only putting your ad on Disney Plus and you're not running. I don't think I ever saw a commercial for Strange Worlds on TV. I I it's saw like, it during the football games and stuff. My biggest thing is I went I took my kids to see the movie and the dude starts talking. I was like, "Is that fucking Jake Gyllenhaal?" They never once put in the commercial that Jake Gyllenhaal was the voice in this movie. And I, in my opinion, Jake Jake Gyllenhaal's a draw, dude. Would you guys agree with that? Oh yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal, that name is a draw. Like, that should get people to go to the theater. And they don't even fucking put his name in the movie that he's... No, I didn't even know what that movie was about. So I agree with you as far as the promotion-wise. But still, the reason we went and saw it is because it fucking had Disney on it. My kids knew what it was. I think it was marketed to kids a lot because my kid I know, has no idea what it is. But it wasn't a <laughs> I know my kids watch a lot of, like, YouTube kids and stuff, and it was constant Strange Worlds ads was it intended for kids wasn't there a bigger yeah, theme children it's a children's movie oh okay it wasn't that way. I thought... it sounds like a calculated move release it when nobody's looking i thought you said there were some other themes to it that made people leave the theater but there was a lot of controversy around yes, it they were a lot of uh lb even though the controversy is kind of the controversy is kind of stupid like the the thing that everybody was pissed about i guess was there's a point point in the movie where the teenager, he's probably 16 or 17, he meets his grandfather, and the grandfather's like, hey, so do you have anybody special back home? And he says, he says, like, yeah, there's this guy that I really like. That's pretty much the extent. And, dude, when we went and saw that movie, like, more than half of our movie theater got up and walked out when that comment was made. Jeez. Wrong. It's fucking it's crazy, good. dude. I can't believe that. It's fucking been... 2022, and you're getting pissed. And, and you know, I've heard people, well, they're indoctrinating your children. By what? How? How are they indoctrinating your children? By, by telling your children that these kind of people exist? I don't fucking get it, dude. I don't get it at all. You want to put your kid up in a box and hide him in a closet and tell him that gay people are monsters or whatever and don't exist? That's your prerogative. But don't be upset because... A 16-year-old says he has a crush on a boy. And then try like it just fucking like how is that indoctrinating? Indoctrinating to me means they're coming on the screen and be like, hey kid, you know, you should be gay. That's indoctrinating. Here's why you should be gay. Yeah, it's more of a uh I was pissed, dude. I was pissed when I saw all those people walk out. Yeah, it would have been like I don't get it. The real irony of it is that most of these people that are being so vocal about these things are are supposed Christians. Wasn't the whole thing about Christianity about being tolerant of other people? 
and other people's beliefs. Yeah, but you can love people, but if they do, unless you're touching wieners, and then if you're bad. touching wieners or you're being gay, you're committing a sin, and every day you don't repent, you're still committing a sin. They can love you, but not love what you do, and uh, they're Hartman committing says, a sin. Yeah, but isn't the other thing to not judge? <laughs> Harmon said, "I think it's because kids emulate grown-ups. I don't support the hate, but it's real." Yeah, I don't. It's I don't. Sad, get, man. I don't get that rhetoric, but that's that's. I heard that from the from uh, some of my Christian friends. And and I consider myself a Christian, but dude, I fucking put my arms around those people. Like I just don't. And I want my kids to be to be um, exposed to it, if you will. You know what I mean. I want my kids to learn that what they're do, what those people do, is not wrong, right? Like you should, you should love those people, right? Like they don't share the same beliefs that you do and that's okay. And they share, they have that belief that that's okay. And so because they think that that's okay, we should like, I just don't fucking get it, dude. I, I, I can't even make sense of what, I can't even make sense of what I believe because I just don't fucking understand it. I mean, you essentially are just going to desensitize the kids to these, to what they see so that they are tolerant of it. Yeah, I want them to be tolerant of it. Right. I, I don't want so. them. I don't want my kid to be walking through the mall, right, and see a same-sex su- uh, couple kiss in the mall, and have a reaction that's not um, good. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I want them to see that. Yeah, but if you see anybody making that. out at the mall, you're like, "What are you doing?" This exactly. No that's different. Just that's different, it. right? Get PDA, in my opinion, is gross. Right. I agree with that. But a simple like the big light year thing. Everybody was pissed off about the light thing year thing because there's a there's a same sex married couple in there, two women that share a small kiss on screen and people were pissed off about that. And light year, if you remember, did not do that well. No, it wasn't well it didn't play in China for that reason, right? Yeah. They wouldn't play it in that, yeah, because of that reason. And that's and that's funny because not funny, but Watch any commercial today, and you'll see there. I think there's an AT&T commercial or Verizon. I don't know who does it, but there's a lot of same-sex couples getting dropped off or in the backseat of a car, and it's part of the whole commercial. And any more, any of the commercials you see today have that in that. So why it's you know it's it's frowned upon in a movie. It's all it's on the TV every day. Speaking <laughs> you know, of something that's frowned upon, <laughs> frowned upon is being hairy. Being hairy down there is frowned upon. But down there, Harry, don't you don't have to care with Manscaped. That's right. It's never too early to play holiday music, and it's never too early to start thinking about gifts. We're only a few short weeks away from Christmas. And why not get your friends the gift of... That's a gift that keeps hygiene. on giving, Clark. Yeah, of, of hygiene, of making that little pan- party in their pants that much more special. If you think your friend stinks, tell them by buying them crop crop. You can make this (laughs) your friend's little friend season a little bit more jolly with Manscaped. Do your little drummer boy a favor and use the lawnmower 4.0 to avoid another silent night in the bedroom. Then add in Manscaped's top of the line shower products to have the people thinking all I want for Christmas is you. Santa cares about your sack and his sack. So, why not take care of all sacks by treating your ball sack to Manscaped? 
Use twenty. Use code AGEEKPODCAST to check out for 20% off Manscaped. Free shipping and promo code. I have gotten Manscaped for several people as gifts this year. It's the gift that keeps on giving for everyone involved. Get Manscaped. I just um, saw... I can't find it, but I saw on... I don't know if it's Facebook or Instagram. This woman was under. You you saw this guy's legs, like probably wearing shorts, and you see her underneath him, and she's shaving him. And I guess he wasn't wearing shorts because hair is falling down on her on top of her. And uh, <laughs> next thing you know, she she must have cut it, and this it looks like Plato fell down on her face. <laughs> My wife has a manscaped <laughs> shirt that they sent me, and so I gave it to her. And she wears it everywhere, and, and she always gets commented on where people are like, hey, I use Manscaped, like screaming at her in stores. I use Manscaped. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Manscaped, tell, Manscaped, Manscaped. Tell her to bring me that shirt. I'm going to put her fucking promo code on the back of it. <laughs> That's what I, I told her to, she do. I tried to promote it recently. I don't know if we got any more hits on that or you guys did, but trying. Um, yeah, I saw your post. I just noticed uh, that my body wash that I got from Manscaped is fucking the best body wash I ever used in my life. So almost out so i gotta buy another bottle of it because that shit is awesome use promo code iggy podcast and check out for 20 percent off oh believe me i know i have lots of manscape products <laughs> um, all right well let's get into a little bit of video game news here watch your ears I like that, Sticks. <laughs> what do you say? Um, the the sacked QB Youth Manscaped. Uh, developed by Rockstar Studios and published by Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment, Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League. It's an upcoming action-adventure title that will feature the beloved Kevin Conroy's final bow as the Dark Knight. Warner Brothers released a new in-engine trailer for Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League at 2022's The Game Awards. With Batman at its forefront, so I'm actually excited for this final boy time voicing Batman. This game looks like a lot of fun. I bought Gotham Knights and I've yet to play it. I heard Gotham Knights sucks. Can so it was on sale for thirty bucks, so I picked it up. I don't know. Yeah, you're right there, Matt. You forget. Yeah, I don't know why. Like I'm missing a a slide because there was, uh, or maybe I didn't add it in there. But we got um, a release date for the next Star Wars game, also. Jedi Fallen Order, right? Uh, Fallen Order 2. It's called yeah. uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. has a release date of March 17th, 2023. That on, game. Uh, PlayStation 5, Xbox stoked, Series dude. X and S. Now, do you guys both have PS5? I do. Yeah, I have a PS5 and the, the new Xbox. So do I, yeah. Because you couldn't get those. Right, they're almost. Yeah, like- I got mine on launch date. Really? Yeah. So what had happened is Max pre-ordered one, and then for whatever reason decided that he didn't want it, and so he was going to cancel his pre-order. And I said, "Dude, just let me pay you for it." And then mine came in, and I was on vacation, and he fucking opened it like a jackass, <laughs> and fucking used it the whole time I was on vacation. <laughs> Nice. And, but, uh, yeah, so I got a used PlayStation 5 that I paid full price for. <laughs> That's the kind of friendship that just keeps on giving. 
But, What's uh, the latest Xbox though? What's it called? It latest Xbox, Xbox Series X. S or X. The S is the digital one, which makes no fucking sense to me why anybody would buy that. Has half the resolution. Fucking all digital. Whatever. I'm going to get a PS5, but I think they're like 800 bucks now, right? No, they're only 500. No, you should be able to get them. I I saw them at Target the other day. I watched somebody at Best Buy buy one today. So, yeah. Yeah, you can get them. Just don't buy the digital one. It's for schmucks. Yeah. But that's it for the geek news. Um, you know, I thought that this being the holiday season, we would do some fun stuff and do some stuff we don't normally do. We'll do some more tier lists this week. And I thought, what do better I see a way... Barbie Christmas movie on there? Yeah. What better tier list to do? <laughs> you couldn't put shit than, we actually seen. <laughs> hey, than a holiday special tier list. So, Where's Harold and Kumar? Is Harold and Kumar on there? No, it's not a holiday movie. Harold and Kumar save Christmas. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck that. <laughs> so is Die Hard on put here? Fucking Barbie on there. Die Hard is on here. Yes. I can't see it. So we'll we'll go ahead and start here with um. We'll just go ahead and trash Barbie Christmas right off the bat because none Thank of you. us have seen it. I have a um, feeling that you just picked one that was already made. That's why Barbie's on there, right? Yeah. Let's go with <laughs> letting everybody in. Let's on start the show strong with elf. secrets. That's it. That's I'm gonna it. have a hard time with this because there's a few on here that I'm putting S tier. S. Elf, elf. Elf being one of them. Elf is S tier. Yep. Fucking Elf is awesome. Love that movie. I think it's A. That's one of the. That's one I of the few overrated. Christmas movies that I could watch over, like over and over again, and it not be Christmas. I think Elf is overrated. Honestly, oh, fuck, dude. Elf no, is awesome. It's, it's like a fine wine. It's gotten better over the years. Yeah. Elf is awesome. It's A tier to me, but if you guys are both giving it S, I mean, unless the chat overrules. Well, hey, let's put it this way. John Favreau was in it. Yeah. Iron Man, Mandalorian. Yeah. It's yeah also Aaron, 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 I think, agrees. S tier. Yeah, she says you're crazy. Yeah, She's well. rethinking her marriage right now. Nah. <laughs> oh man what else we got on here well, i'll man. be home for christmas the jonathan taylor thomas banger jtt J- i showed that one to my daughter the other day she really liked it i don't remember much of it though that's the one where he has to get up he has to like hitchhike all the way back home right yeah mm-hmm. i don't i remember at the time that it came out that i liked it but that was during like when Home Improvement was at its heyday, right? I do not uh, love the end. masterful emotional range of Zoe Deschanel. No, I do not, <laughs> Joe. Um, uh, I don't know about this one. C tier for me. Yeah, I'm already that. I didn't see it. Let's just get this out of the way. Put Die Hard as an S. Yes. And um, you think Die Hard should be an S? Heck yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. And okay, let's you... put it this way. There I've never been one of those people to go pay money to see a, a movie in the theater that came out 20 years ago. I did it for this one and only this one. We got a group of guys together to go see fucking Die Hard in the theater just like 2 years ago. There are there probably would be two more movies that you would put in that S tier in my opinion. And I would... Nightmare 
no, I, I mean, I don't know if you want to get to the S tier yet or wait to get it, but I mean, you could put gremlins in a, you know, that's, a, that's it. That's one that's in my opinion, high, high grade, but I forgot I had a, gremlins was even a Christmas movie. That's set in Christmas, huh? Yep. Scrooge could be number a, a. Uh, let's do the Santa Claus, the original with Tim Allen. The first one? B. B. I'd probably go B yeah. as well. I like that one. I'm trying to see what else is on here. Look at I, I, look at my wife in here dropping some knowledge. Die Hard is just classic nostalgia. That's why it makes S. I know. You married a good woman, dude. I know. Look at her just in here dropping I think that new knowledge. movie, uh, Silent Night or Deadly Night, whatever, with uh, the, the, the guy from David Harbour, is going to be in in S tier next year. <laughs> I didn't oh, see yeah. it, but I think it's going it, to like, be one of those. Are, uh, our friend uh, uh, Jesse from Nerd Nerd with Balls, he went and saw it and said it was fucking awesome. I want to see it. I didn't realize it already came out. I thought it was coming out like closer to Christmas. Yeah, it came out on December 2nd. But I, I would put um, Scrooge in the A. Yeah, that's a good one. And I would take, um, there's another one I saw there. Christmas with the Cranks in A. Oh, I hated that movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't it's think better with time. Yeah, I don't think yeah. it's that good, dude. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that movie. Yeah, you got Dan Aykroyd, like Tim Allen. I mean, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, the blonde. That's the one where that. he tans him. He like gets oh, a spray yeah. tan, right? Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. He's in his in the uh, speedo, and he's... she got spray tan too. Jamie Lee Curtis, and then and then the daughter decides to actually come home for Christmas. What was that that you just put in there? Handcuffed. It's uh, fucking um. Clarissa explains it all. It's a stupid like Hallmark. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's why. When we put the whole Hallmark channel in trash, the whole Hallmark channel, pretty much. Am I the only one that thinks the Polar Express is fucking trash? I might D it. Not. It's like it's like B tier for me. I hated that movie. I don't mind it. Everybody talks about it. I think it's trash. I don't care where you put it because it's been years since I've seen it. But I remember when I saw it, I said, what is the big hoopla about this movie? A Christmas Story is S tier for sure. Yep. I still haven't watched the sequel and I intend to. I'm excited for it. No, it's trash. It is absolute garbage. There's a a sequel, then there's another movie. So there's three Christmas Story movies. The one that just came out. Right. That's trash. That actually has Peter Billingsley. Really? It's been getting good reviews. I saw it. I, I was like, "This isn't good." Yeah, I didn't get all the way good. through it. You saw it, JP? I saw half of it, and I was like, uh, "I'm not going to finish watching it." I, I, I might come back. Man. And watch I was looking it, forward to that one. I mean, it starts off good, and I I kind of got confused on the era, and then I realized what you got to <laughs> realize what era the movie started in the original one, and then the where, where he's is at. Terrible. Yeah, that's a shame. But I, was I, I still would watch it. That one. New one is trash. Again, it There's might only... it might get better with time. Just like Christmas. There's only Frank. what's that one that's next to Jingle All the Way on oh, the right? Uh, for Christmas. That? Yeah, it's Chris. I think that's Krampus. I don't know what that one is. Oh. There's only a few others would be S tier for me. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, S tier. Gotta be S. I can watch mm. that every day during Christmas. Four Christmases uh, is S tier for me. I love that oh, movie. It's okay. I would that. that movie's fantastic, dude. John Favreau is in it. Fucking Vince Vaughn. 
yeah, Reese, Reese Witherspoon, right? Reese Witherspoon, yeah, that movie's. I awesome. apologize. Everybody's getting a nice shot at the top of my fucking bald ass head because <laughs> I'm trying to see these fucking movies. <laughs> um, so I get to wear a hat like me. One of my favorite movies ever is on this list. The night before. That to me is S tier. But I'll the get, last I mean, one. The I'll last, last only one. Four, four, the night before. That movie is not S tier. That movie sucks. Dude, that movie's fucking fantastic, dude. That movie is harder. terrible. That movie is fucking awesome. The only like other S tier movie is Home Alone. You put that in S tier, and then from there, everything else that's cool. <laughs> Stick Boys, and I thought Lance was mooning us. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's awesome. No, dude, Nightmare deserves to be S tier. Nightmare Before Christmas is fucking awesome. I think oh, Nightmare Before Christmas is overrated. I think it belongs in either A or B. I don't think no, it's really as good as everyone makes it out to be. I'd be tier. Jingle All the Way, A tier. Nah, fuck no. Jingle All the Way is a trash no. movie. That's a superhero movie. Come on. That's now. a trash <laughs> movie, dude. Bill Hartman. <laughs> it's not a tumor. It's trash. The uh, Jim Carrey Christmas story is trash. Oh, you mean uh, a Christmas, gets Christmas Carol? Every time I say it. That one, right? Uh, Christmas Carol. Yeah, that's Christmas trash. Carol. The, um, and then the Grinch with Jim Carrey is C or D for me. Yeah, that's right. The actual the the Christmas C-tier Carol from Disney would be an A, an S tier for me. If that but that's not on the list, is it? That's this one. The one with Jim Carrey is the Disney movie. Right, that's the, fucking the, horseshit. The one, <laughs> the one with Mickey Mouse. Do you remember that oh, one? Oh, the Mickey special Mouse one. one. <laughs> oh my god! As a kid, I loved that. <laughs> How the Grinch stole Christmas. The, is that the dis, the Despicable Me one? Yeah, I think it's the yeah Illumination. I like remake. that one. I put that one A or B. Did not see that. I like that one a lot. I think the uh, Kurt Russell, um, what's his wife's name, Goldie Hawn would Goldie be a Hawn. B tier. That was a good the movie. Christmas Chronicles. I haven't watched that one, but dude, my kids were addicted to it. Yeah, it was good. They because there's two of them. And they've watched those every year. They watch them at least five or five to six times. Yeah, Home throughout Alone. Throughout the month the of December. That one's up there. Where's Home Alone 2? Mm. Good point. Uh, Home Alone but, have you seen that new here. Home Alone with the British kid? Yeah. yeah that was pretty year. good, dude. I like that one. Which one's that? that? That's trash. That's the one with the British no, I, kid. I liked it a lot, dude. It was. I liked it a lot. I don't think it's trash. You could put that one C for me. Gremlins C or B. A. I'll give it a D tier. Have you seen it, JP? Yeah, I saw it. It was it wasn't bad. I, the ending was good. I feel like I feel like it's it feels like the originals because they they came Home Alone one and then two and then they came out with like three that were just shit. Charlie Brown and Christmas. Then, yeah, I think that one is fucking boring as shit. <laughs> it's like A tier. Let's be honest. Where oh where do we gosh, put Christmas yeah. with the cranks? I don't think it's on there. I don't think it's on here. You can't have Christmas without the cranks. <laughs> the night before. Dude, that's, that's one of my favorite movies ever. Is that it? What is that movie about? Seth Rogen, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Gordon and, and uh, dude, I no, love no, that Anthony fucking Mackie. movie. Um, it's Anthony yeah, Mackie. Yeah, Anthony Mackie. What else we got left here? One I of got... them. One of them's like Jewish. It's a Wonderful Life. Like oh well. That one's boring as shit too. In my yeah, opinion. it's like a B tier. It is a good movie, but it is long, overall good movie, shit. classic. 
That's one that I'm surprised they've never Jack Frost never rebooted. Frosty the Snowman. I love that one. That's A for me. Yeah, A. The same with the other one, the Rudolph one. Yep. Rudolph A. Mm -hmm. Those are just timeless. If you're gonna put the Muppet Christmas Carol, the the Muppet Christmas Carol is in the top one of the top two tiers. What about Jug Band? Jug Band, Emmett Otter, Jug Band Christmas. Now you guys crazy here. Uh, Muppet Christmas Carol is like a B. Fucking love that movie. Did you guys see Emmett Otter's Jug Band? No. Mm-mm. Yeah. Oh, man. Jack Dance Frost. That's probably. I don't trash, even remember right? that movie. D tier. Jingle all the way. Gotta be A tier. When it came, no, it's honestly a. like C tier. I tell yeah, you what, I, 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 I haven't seen B. I haven't seen Jingle All the Way until last year. I found it on Amazon or Hulu. Jingle or All the Way. And we watched it, and then we were five minutes from the end, and it cut off. And I think I rented it, and it was a bad rec- rental. And I was like, I, fr- I don't know what the hell how this damn movie ended. I haven't seen it in 20 years, but I have no idea how it ended. So. Emmett Otter Jug Band Xmas is epic, Joe's Doolin says. Yes, it is. You guys should both have your kids watch that, or at least that are old enough to watch those shows. Jingle All the Way, though, was fucking huge, dude. Like, they just, Funko just released a, a, um, the turbo man but it doesn't oh, look nice. like a funko like it's the actual like in the kit like the way it looks in the movie but it's made by funko and well, think about it fucking thing flew off the shelves dude it's actually i think it's just like in the movie now <laughs> yeah just like in the turbo you had sinbad you had phil hartman and you got arnold i mean you can't get a better trifecta than than those three and sinbad and hartman together are great here's a What's winner f- Medea's christmas oh my god <laughs> What's that one that's fourth from the end? This one? What is that? I yeah. Have no idea. I wish there was a way you could click on them and make them bigger. I you know. That'd be awesome. That's what she it? said. <laughs> nice. Uh, everything else on that list is trash or D. Well, what's that one for that's fourth from the beginning? There's uh, Fred. This is Home Alone 2, I think. Oh, put that one right next to Home Alone. <laughs> that's Home Alone 2 is in the white. That one is honestly. Is it, we'll we'll just call it Home Alone Two and just stick that right up at the top. <laughs> nah, the Home Alone Two sucks compared to the first one. No, dude, the first two are. I don't know. Maybe I we'll, just we'll just call that C tier, bro. Bro, you don't have the at wet least, bandits at least... in it. Hey, yes, the they are. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, they are. Yeah, you're right. But <laughs> it's the whole New York thing in the and hotel. And then you also get um, yes, you also but get Tim Curry. Yes, Tim Curry, and and I tell you, you laughed just as hard in Home Alone Two as you did in Home Alone One. The the, yeah. the, the uh, what do you call it? The uh, traps were just as good, if not better. All right, it's one of the few movies where the sequel is just as good as the original. That is Home Alone Two, though. Then the white. We're just gonna call it Home Alone Two. Okay. All right, sure. Yeah, because none um, of us can tell what the fuck it is. Almost now just stick everything else in C and D. <laughs> almost Christmas. I don't even remember that. Or D and trash. Everything else. Bottom le- mm. levels. Love Actually is not a D or trash. I'm going to give that one an A. What? I don't remember that one. Love Actually is a good movie. The Holiday. That one, Jack Black was was in it. So yeah. They, so just because Jack Black's in it, it should get. It's like a C tier. The Family What's Stone. What's that one? The Family Stone? I don't know. Yeah, Help us out, trash. chat. Because I don't. Silent Night. Is that the, is that the David Harbour one? No. I think that's the, the, I think David Harbor one is a, 
spinoff of that. You could put Die Hard Holiday, 2 on I here. think, is a B tier. Die Hard 2 was in Christmas. Well, let, let Aaron have one. Go stick the holiday up at B. I'm not sticking the holiday up at B. Come on, man. She's your wife. I don't care. <laughs> Sometimes you got to hold firm to your convictions. Aaron says Family Stone is a C. I'll give it to her. Then I'll move the holiday to a B, I guess. <laughs> I'm just giving Fred Claus. That's, Fred Claus gets an A for me. I, I think you're a Vince Vaughn stan. I do like Vince Vaughn. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not. A, dude, Four Christmases is just a fucking funny ass movie. If you if, if you've never watched, but you didn't it, like the night before. I didn't like the night before. No, the night before had me on the ground, dude. I love that fuck. That's probably my favorite movie out of all of these, dude. Four Christmases does that. Like I have not watched it yet this year, and that's a damn shame. And I need to find it and watch it because that movie is hilarious. I, if you, you so guys have, I'm sure you guys have. Gets me, man. Like I fucking, I like his movies. You guys all have HBO Max. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So when you scroll down and look for holiday movies, most of these are there. Christmas Vacation is the last movie as you scroll over. Like they don't want you to find it. It's not promoting that one. And I think that's the best, in my opinion, the best holiday movie out there. It's because Chevy Chase is kind of like a fucking four-letter word right now. And he's in he's in Monroeville right now, signing autographs at Steel City Con. Him and Beverly are there. And uh Beverly D'Angelo, right? Did you guys know she was married to Al Pacino? No, I yeah. didn't. Yeah, so she Yeah, I just I just read that yesterday, I think. Yeah, she had an open her... marriage with somebody else and then married Pacino and had kids with him at 49. And the guy gladly she... divorced her to let her marry him. Yeah, I was, I was like, oh man. Are you just sticking those anywhere? Deck the halls. What? What? Who's in that? Uh, isn't I think that's the Matthew Broderick Danny DeVito one where they fight over like the lighting competition for their house. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. With uh, yep. Okay. Oh, is it that crazy. it? Yeah. What about Actually, hot that tub? Kind of funny. I'll give it a C. Hot tub time machine. Was that in Christmas? That's not snowy. a Christmas movie. That, that one just had snow in it, JP. Wasn't <laughs> right. sure. Just saw it recently. I, it was dude, dude, JP's thinking he, he's like the Revenant. The Revenant's Christmas, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> a little bloody, but hey. <laughs> oh man, um, what ones are you guys surprised are not on here? I was trying to think of of a christmas movie that is not here and i i really miracle on 34th street the wizard of oz charlie and the chocolate factory wizard (laughs) of oz is a christmas movie it always seems to be on tv around christmas (laughs) charlie and the chocolate factory i'm glad isn't on here because i have my issues with that movie fucking grandpa joe you lazy bastard just laid in that bed the whole time wilder exactly wilder is a revelation dude Totally could have got out of bed and got a job to help his family, but nah, they're over here fucking poor as shit, eating dirty ass dishwater cabbage soup, and he's just laying around. But the minute his grandson gets to tour a chocolate factory, his ass is up dancing around like he's got no issues. <laughs> but Jeez, but bastard. aside from that, Gene Wilder is a revelation in that movie. Ernest Saves Christmas is a good one, yes. Dude, you know what movie's not on here that I really liked? Uh, Last the Guardian Christmas. special. <laughs> Last Christmas. Last Christmas with um, Game of Thrones chick. Oh no, yeah, with um, Emily. Um, 
Um, no, Amelia Clark. Yeah, that movie was. Anna and I went to the movie theater. Like we just wanted to go to the movie theater. We couldn't figure out there was nothing to watch, and we just happened to stumble into that movie. And I really liked it. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I have. Yeah, it's all right. Um, I don't know what other there, ones are you getting surprised real, on there. There's some real winter Christmas movies on uh, on Netflix too. Have you guys watched Eight Bit Christmas? I did not. It looks good, but I did not see that. I I enjoyed bad that Santa. One. Yes, Aaron, yeah, bad, bad Santa. Santa. Yep. Uh, let's see. Well, was the Green Inferno? Stuff. Was that was that a Christmas movie? The Green Inferno because it was green. <laughs> uh, Daddy's remember. Home Two was pretty funny. I liked that one. Did you guys Man see the new 3. the new Ryan Reynolds movie? I, uh, I have not. Bearded. I haven't that. seen that one yet. That I heard good. it's not that great. I liked it. You liked it, JP? Yep. I'll I wouldn't put it up in an A tier, but I would put it in a B or C tier. Apparently, um, according to my wife, uh, if you're waiting to watch Falling for Christmas, the the new Netflix movie with um, what Lindsay Lohan in it, it's absolute garbage. No, I'm not surprised. I I like the one on. I think it's on Disney Plus, the one with Anna Kendrick. And, Office uh, Christmas Party. Yeah, that one's good. The one with Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader. And Noel. I like that one a lot. Um, Apparently, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is a holiday movie. Mixed Nuts. While you were just sleeping friend. is a Christmas movie. I mean, come on, just friends. That's a Christmas movie all the way. Just friends would be S tier for me. That's Ryan yeah, Reynolds' best movie ever. I don't know about that. Dude, that movie, the rewatchability and the quotability of that movie is dude. Honestly, um uh fuck, what's the name of that movie? Um God damn it. And then Batman Returns is a Christmas movie. I heard yep. For me, Ryan Reynolds' best movie. And, and then the original Grinch is not on here. The original definitely maybe is Ryan Reynolds' best movie, in my opinion. Eh. Oh no, Waiting is his best movie. Waiting is a waiting fantastic is fucking movie. Fucking good. <laughs> but I would say Waiting okay, is Justin best Long's movie. best movie, not necessarily Ryan Reynolds. That's but. a that's a great. No, Justin Long's best movie is Accepted. Did not see that. I oh, was that the, a little accepted? bit better than accepted. I may saw part of it. my but... wiener. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that movie. Oh, here's Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, 1977. I don't know if that's considered a movie. I can't believe you guys never heard of it. Like this was like, if you can find it on VHS on this list, it's worth a million dollars if you find a VHS, probably because you just can't find it. Edward Scissor's back... Hands. Yeah. Is that a Christmas movie? Yep. Uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. I think is more of a Thanksgiving movie. Isn't yeah, it? Thanksgiving. But it, is yeah, Uncle Buck a Christmas movie? No, it's just in the cold of Chicago. <laughs> I don't think is it's it? Christmas. Yeah. How about I the Star every... Wars holiday special? Oh, that was terrible. The first appearance oh, of Boba Fett. Here all the way. First yeah. appearance of Boba Fett. Uh, see, Harold and Kumar Christmas should be on this list. I remember three or on this list. You know what? You know what movie should be on here? That's not. 
Eight Crazy Nights. Yep. Have you seen that one, JP? Adam Sandler, the animated one? No, I've not seen that one. That that movie's great, man. Uh, Here's Miracle on 34th. Santa Claus 2 is not on this one. Santa Claus 3 is a dumpster fire. What about Santa Claus the movie from 1985? I don't know that one. Santa Claus is coming to town. That's a porno. There's not that as many Christmas movies. <laughs> That's a porno. <laughs> All I want for Christmas. Babes in Toyland, Little Drummer Boy, Unaccompanied Minors. <laughs> that one was not good. Scrooged. Oh, um, Trading Places someone wrote down earlier. That's a good one. What's the Matthew McConaughey one? Um, Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. Yep. Garfield Christmas. What's funny is I'm looking at a list of top 100, and I don't know if they're in order, but Violent Night is number 22, and A Christmas Story Christmas, which is the most recent sequel for Ralphie, is 20. So I don't know if this is in the order, but... but, uh, Dude, that movie was not good. Office Christmas Party. I like that one. Home Sweet how about, Home Alone. That's the one of the British kid. How about Black Christmas? <clears throat> During their Christmas break, a group of sorority girls are stalked by a stranger. That sounds like some holiday cheer. That sounds cheer like a right porno. There. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a real porno. Shazam is considered a Christmas movie. Oh, yours. Yeah. What about that movie, yeah. Antler? That's not a Christmas movie, is it? That's no, something to do with deers, I think. Oh, Let It Snow on Netflix. So the one with uh, Ned from Spider-Man was pretty good. Another, Ryan Reynolds, another movie, Just Friends. That's considered a, a Christmas movie. You didn't know that. Yeah, that one's definitely a Christmas movie. That movie's awesome. A Snow Globe Christmas. Why Him? That's a good one, too. Ernest Saves Christmas is not on this list. Yeah, uh, somebody already said that. I think. Uh, oh, I must have. Must have missed Someone it. In the as chat I was... already said that. Oh, well, the other one is Christmas with the Cranks. We said it earlier, but that's that should be on that list too. Are we there, Little Fockers? Mm. Is that a Christmas? Trailer Park Boys Christmas Special. <laughs> but there we go. Yeah, you guys all hate Night Before, but every Christmas movie list that I'm looking at has a, the Night Before on it. I just I'm not I'm in the not a fan of it, man. I thought it was a stupid movie. I thought it could have been so much better than it was. I, basically, everything on that S tier is what I watch almost daily during the Christmas oh, okay. season. Uh, yeah, I want to go watch Scrooge again. It's been a while since I've seen that. I'm just about there, except for like Elf. I could take or leave Elf. Um, I like the first Home Alone. I've not yet watched Home Alone. Four this Christmases season, but... would be my. Like for me, it would probably be Die Hard, A Christmas Story. Christmas Vacation, Home Alone, Four Christmases. And it's one of those ones I've seen them so many times. I like watching. I like having Christmas Vacation on the background all all Christmas long. But Four Christmases, when it's on, I'll, I'll usually sit and watch it. It's good. My, uh, my Our Christmas tradition for my family is a Christmas story. We just watch the 24 hours of it. Like, that's just what stays on our TV. 
Yep, I don't watch it until that till that day. But what's funny is I used to travel for Christmas to go visit people, and I would spend three hours in a car. So by the time I got where I was going, finished eating and opening up presents, I watched the last half an hour of that, the last 24 hours of a Christmas story. I never got to watch the whole thing. And that was what I used to like to do when they started that tradition of 24 hours of it. I'd have it on, watch at least one whole bit of it throughout those 24 hours, but not anymore. Travel, travel. Never get to see I it. love Christmas story. I'm really bummed that you guys are saying that other one's not very good. It's f- fucking. Terrible. I mean, you got to make your own opinion about it. Yeah, but it's. I I'm gonna watch it, but I was I'm less excited about it now. <laughs> is it, is it like Man Black and Adam She-Ra Adam? Christmas special. I didn't see the um, end of it, so I can't make a full the, decision. Do you guys remember uh, they did the live um, a Christmas story with Ed Helms live on TV? Yes, and that was a fucking dumpster fire, dude. Well, this one is pretty much. It's there. like they didn't even rehearse; like it was live, and like people were forgetting their lines and fucking fucking up songs. And no, that was you, bad, dude. Now the guy who played who stuck his tongue to the pole. Didn't you guys interview him some years back? We did, yeah, Matt did. I just watched it on YouTube that interview with him because with Corey Feldman, Scotty Schwartz. Yeah, okay. Then he become a, a porn a, a actor. He, he did. Yes, he was in some pornos. Yes. Okay, so that like was seeing he? him back, yeah. Mm-hmm. So was uh the guy from uh, Saved by the Bell. So you got all these guys who were like Dustin how Diamond. The hell they, how the hell did they get into porn? For Christ's sake! But yeah, but uh, you know he was in that one. You know, Dustin Diamond Christmas. wasn't in porn. Didn't his porn tape? Didn't he leak his own porn tape? No, and then he did porn. Yeah. Um. After after his porn tape leaked, right? Yeah, Scotty Schwartz went from being flick and sticking his tongue to a pole to the, being in the the toy with richard prior to being on pornos <laughs> so he's back in this christmas something else he christmas is yeah mm-hmm. and then maitland ward from boy meets world is a big porn star now too she's so hot she's yeah rachel from boy meets world the redhead oh boy jp you don't I know what i'm talking about i do i i i saw that on you on yahoo the other day yeah but crazy well, we don't have anything to review, do we? No, Nothing not really. Out. Kind of feels weird. Like, isn't this the month where like a lot of stuff comes out and it doesn't feel like anything's coming out? Like Avatar's the next big thing, right? Yeah, which I'm not gonna go see. Apparently almost four hours long, dude. Oh fuck. Apparently it's a spectacle, dude. Like from everything I've read about it, I'm not looking forward to it. But I'm probably gonna go with the, with uh, some of my buddies to go see it. But I did not think uh, the first one was that great, so I I don't. I didn't the first one's a rip off of uh, fucking Fern Gully. Yes, it is. Oh Willow, yes. Willow I heard that's a, that's a dumpster fire. I heard Willow's terrible. I'm actually enjoying Willow for the most part. Yeah, I, I heard some bad reviews on that one. I didn't see it yet. I love the first one. Val Kilmer's great. But I heard some shit about this one. Really? Mm-hmm. It's only three episodes in. I've I've enjoyed it so far. I just yawned into my microphone. Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, no problem. <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I gotta Ish pack up here. my gear for tomorrow to get ready for the uh, the big yeah. show. So if Ish was here, he'd probably be like, "Matt, what'd you pick up today?" Well, I'll tell you, Ish. I picked up Quick Stops issue two, which. Uh, 
if you're a Kevin Smith fan, it's a must read because it uh, tells you that Randall Graves and Brody Bruce are actually cousins. So Randall from Clerks and Brody from Mallrats are cousins. Oh, nice. And uh, that's a good one you got to read. Um, Gargoyles, issue number one, came out this week. Pick up your Gargoyles. One of the million covers I'm waiting of Gargoyles. For Disney. I'm waiting to, for Disney to see the fucking gold that they have in Gargoyles and do something. If you find um, that number one from the 90s, that's a big book. Like if, if Chip and Dale got a reboot, Gargoyles should get a reboot. Amazing. The Joker. Oh, that's a great the cover. man who stopped laughing cover was Santa. Santa with... <laughs> that's a you crazy that's cover. A, that's an awesome cover. Uh, picked up Batman 130, Miles Morales number one, Dark Web number one, and Thor 29. Have you so there you go, Ish. Uh, I read Quick Stops. I've read the Miles Morales one. Um, I also picked up this beautiful Fantastic Four. That's a great cover, too. Two cover. Uh, I've read Gargoyles. Gargoyles was good. It's just like watching the TV show. Dude, Gargoyles. I picked was... up the uh, Eminem Spider-Man book. <laughs> oh, did you? Tell me you didn't pay more than... No, I, I, I tried. I went to a, a LCS north of me. I guess not local. And I said, do you have the Eminem Spider-Man? The guy's like, what are you talking about? I'm thinking, how do you have a comic shop and not know what's going down with that that book? I was so, going to say, please tell me you didn't let FOMO so you get picked the best the, of you. No, I didn't. I don't I don't usually buy new books. Um, okay. But yeah. That I, cover looks cool, though. The it fact does, but it's not worth for, 700 bucks. No, fuck that. But the cover looks cool. Yeah, the only... I don't know. I got... I got nothing new. Hopefully tomorrow I'll have something new. Good luck on that hunt. I still, I was supposed to go to Fantastic Worlds tomorrow, and I don't think I'm gonna fucking make it. Get on that grind. You better make it. You have Ish holding books for you. Yeah, I called him about a couple books, but I didn't get a chance to to get back to him on those ones. So I was hoping to be on today. So maybe next week. Oh, sticks brought up Wednesday. Have you guys watched Wednesday? I have watched Wednesday. Yes. I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. it thoroughly. That that girl, Jenna Ortega, she's something else, dude. Ortega. She makes that show. Would you agree, Matt? Yes, I would. JP, have you watched that one? I have not watched that one yet. I'm almost, I'm not even done with Andor yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did Max tell you that I thought Andor ended and it turned out there were two more episodes? <laughs> Seriously? I thought it ended. I thought it would ended when they all jumped in the water. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. That's that's, that's as yeah, far I as I thought. That now. was the season finale. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yes. And then that was I a good, that was a good weeks show. later, like, hey, did everybody watch the season finale? I was like, I did two weeks ago. Nope. Fuck you, Lance. You're an idiot. <laughs> fuck. I just idiot. saw that episode too. I thought that was pretty damn good. That was uh, that kind of was. Doesn't it feel good. like a season finale? It does. Yeah, it does yeah. with them jumping off like that. It should be. Fucking idiot, Lance. But, God damn it. But uh, yeah, Wednesday. Like I was bummed I finished it, dude, because I wanted more. Like that, I I really liked that show. But I kind of like uh the dark type shows dealing the macabre. <laughs> that show has lots of it. But all right, well I think that's where we're gonna end this week. So JP can get to to packing for his con adventures tomorrow. Um, make sure to check us out. Um, over on uh, Saturday night special tomorrow night. 
Make sure to go check out last week's Saturday special. We had an awesome interview with Scott Lobdell. Uh, super, super good interview with him. I'm talking all things comics, X-Men, uh, Red Hood and the, the Outlaws, uh, Teen Titans, all good things. Um, She's 20, huh? Yeah, we're gonna have she's this not underage. Yeah. All right. I'm not a creep. Well, remember <laughs> to treat your balls and everyone else as you deck your halls with Manscaped. And uh, 20% off, use code Iggy Podcast to check out for free shipping. And for this week's episode of the Absolute Podcast, I'm Matt. I am Lance. I'm JP. And big, big, big shout out to everyone in the chat. Leftovers. Happy Aggie, holidays. Boy, Joe's dueling. My beautiful wife, Aaron. Um, Hartman. Uh, just, you know, stumbling Jedi. Just everybody in the chat, man. Uh so, we so owe it all to you guys. Good, 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 good for all yeah, you guys. You guys are the reason podcast. that we show up every week. Yeah. Except make sure to check out SNS tomorrow night, <laughs> and uh, we'll see you guys right back here next week with a brand new episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast. See ya. All you freaks and geeks. Come all you freaks and geeks, let's listen to Absolute Geek. Absolute Geek. We'll go ahead and spread our cheeks. Spread the cheeks. And drink and some Cosby wine. <laughs> we'll Come drink on, some Cosby wine. It makes me feel real fine. <laughs> See you next time on the Absolute 